This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This podcast is sponsored by FlashFilmAcademy.com. If you're into photography, filmmaking, or video production, FlashFilmAcademy.com is an online training platform designed to help you monetize your passion. There's a ton of information online to help you capture a better image, but there's only one place you need to go if your goal is to make a living doing what you love. Enroll today to get three free courses. FlashFilmAcademy.com. It's time to turn your passion into profit. Save 25% off your first course when you use promo code THAT25. That's THAT25. Before we even get started with the podcast, I want to introduce something new to you. If you're tired of missing these live streams or missing videos, we have a new service where we can text you when we go live or launch a new video. All you got to do is text Flash Film to 74121. That's one word, Flash Film to 74121. All right, let's get started. Before we get started today, it's very important that you realize that this is the audio from a gold member live. If you're not a gold member, you're missing a lot because I like to bring people on the show and speak to them and listen to their questions and have other experts on the show who like to talk about ways to help you improve and grow your business. So if you're not a gold member, please hit that join button on YouTube and become a gold member so you don't miss great videos like this you're listening to content and cash a flash film academy podcast if you want to learn how to take pretty pictures this is not the place but if you're ready to make a living by learning the business behind the camera buckle up because it's time to turn passion into profit with your host ty turner What's going on? I am your host, Ty Turner. And if this is your first time logging in, viewing us live and how we do it, you got to know that this channel is simply about turning your passion into profit. If you want to go somewhere and learn how to make your grandmama's stomach smaller on Photoshop, this is not the place. But if you want to learn how to get that bag, this is where you need to be because we help you turn your passion into profit. My name is Ty. Again, it is Black History Month and I am black by popular demand. Today, we're going to talk about scams. Because as a business owner, you're going to run into a lot of scams real quick before we even get started. Before we even get started, a few things I want to say. If you are a gold member, if you go to the community section, you will be able to log in and still jump on this chat and chop it up with me like we always do. I ain't forgot about you. So make sure you go ahead and do that so everybody can jump on and I can bring you guys aboard so that we can get our questions and answer thing going like we do every Thursday. If you're not a gold member, you can... Post some chats in the comments and we'll get to them. All right. So let's do that. Make sure you go to the community tab under the gold member section on YouTube. Got to go on YouTube to see it. You can see and get access to it. Also, before I forget, because it's February, we're still doing the same thing we've been doing right here. We're doing 30% off all courses, 50% off all individual contracts. And the website is like right there. So there you go. I'll lead it up for a few because when I don't and I go live, people blow me up. Asking me for promo codes, even though they not going to buy it. 
They just want to have it. Some people just like the hug promo codes. I don't know. Anyway, um, real quick, we got a few people in the room already. We can get this thing going. Scary Good Marketing Tim, we'd love to have you. Definitely, definitely make sure you log in and jump on so we can have you on here and we can talk a little bit. Black Magic Production, what's going on? So just really quickly, I want to go over some of the things that some of the scams that we typically run into or I typically run into as a content creator. Let me go ahead and change this graphic out real quick and move some stuff around. Give me one second, Tim. Um, some of the things I want to kind of talk about as a content creator, some of the scams that I have run into. And I the reason why I wanted to go public, because I wanted people to chime in about the scams that they have came across, things that they've run into when it comes to being in this industry. A lot of scams that I have run into has been around the idea of banking and credit card and all kind of fraudulent stuff like that. The number one scam I used to run into um, is people saying, hey, we want to book you for a shoot that's in your city. You know, how much are your services? Um, can you guys pay for the Airbnb or can you guys pay for the location if we send you a money or we send you a check? And what they do is they try to send you, let's say your video production is $5,000. They'll send you a $10,000 check and they'll say something along the likes of, Hey, you know, the venue is 3000. Can you pay them? We, we made a mistake and sent you too much or something like that. You go cash this check, which will clear. It'll look solid. You'll take cash out or you'll wire it, or you'll Western Union it, and you'll send it, they'll get that money. And later, the check will default. It will The bank will come back and look for it, and they will pull the money out of your account, or they will freeze your account. And that's not a good look. Because if you don't have that money to cover it, you will get blackballed and blacklisted from all the banks. And it'll go in your credit score, and there's tons of other things that could happen. If they have determined that you were kind of, you had something to do with it, you can possibly face charges if you can't prove that this is what happened. And some people can, some people can't. I've seen people who this happened to on a personal level and they were prosecuted. I mean, they were, I've, I've actually known somebody personally who shared an account with their parents. Um, and this was years ago. They shared like a family account and they used a family account to, um, cash a check and the family account was frozen. The, the family account had issues. Um, so you definitely don't want to do it. What happens if you go to a check cashing place? They will not accept the check. This is a check that's usually from a different bank overseas. They usually take time to clear. Um, and for those reasons, a lot of check cashing places won't touch them. Banks will say, sure, we'll do it. You know, they'll check it, they'll hold it for 10 days and everything, and it'll go through. And then usually in, in 30 days, it won't. That's one scam. A second scam is companies or people who are trying to figure out who do you use as your credit card um, vendor? Like, who do you accept credit cards through? Anytime a client asks me that, I know instantly it's a scam. Who cares who I accept credit card through? The thing is, do we accept credit cards? Yes or no. The reason why they're trying to figure it out is because certain companies, they know certain loopholes or have certain backdoor access or whatever, and they know that they can scam you if you have a square pay, let's say, over a 
stripe. They know how to manipulate the system so that things look right. And usually they'll overpay, ask you to cash it. Usually square pay, they want you to have square pay simply because they can overpay you. You can pull instant money from square pay. It can go in your account instantly. And then you can pull the funds out and do what you got to do or give money back or whatever. So that's another scam that's used a lot in the industry. And you tend to find those a lot on companies when you go through lead generation companies like Thumbtack and stuff like that, because for them, it's free to make a post on Thumbtack. It's copy and paste. They can just send it out to 50 people. They can create 50 listings in 50 different markets. And as long as they get one or two, you have to understand it's pure profit for these guys. So it's a game of numbers. It's a complete game of numbers. They don't need to be highly acceptable or highly um, good at it. They just need one out of 50 to send them back two, three, four, five thousand dollars. Because they'll what they'll do is they'll make it, you know, hey, uh, you guys, you're charging five thousand. You've been wrote this great quote for five thousand. They're like, look, our budget is six thousand. We really like you guys. We'll send you six thousand. You're like, wow, okay. Um, and then you'll get a check for ten thousand. And they're like, oh, you know what? The lady made this. They can put the venue check and the regular check. Hey, just send us back the the three thousand. Or you know what? For your inconvenience, we'll give you another thousand. You keep seven. Just send us back three thousand, or or pay such and such at this address. Cash app him here, or Venmo him here, or Western Union him here, and you know just send him the rest, and that way it'll cover the shoot for a month from now. And the shoot is usually off; it's usually sixty, ninety days away. It's never like next Tuesday. So, and and you'll be shocked because you'll have a retainer, or you'll have a um. You know, your your non-refundable retainer, which we previously called deposits, um, you'll have that set up and they'll try to pay the whole thing or they'll pay your retainer and pay a little bit more than that in hopes to to look like the, the nice guy. Now, they will go through the process. Rarely will you get them on the phone. These will usually be clients that you deal with via text message or via email. And that may sound weird and crazy, but I have tons of clients that have spent 10, 20, 30,000 and we've only talked via email. They may have been, you know, at, Louis, at, at University of Louisville, Kentucky, or just a lot of really nice places that were out of the state. And we just, it worked better for us to communicate that way. We may, the first time I've heard some client's voice is literally pulling up at the location saying, Hey, we're here. We're on location. Where can I find you? You know, so it's not rare that you have that happen. I've also had that happen with clients who are out of the country. Hey, we need some American footage of two girls enjoying a Coca-Cola and then they open our umbrella that we're going to send to you. And they'll go through that. Whole, we, you know, we're not over there. We're over here. We just need you to go out and film it and we're going to send you everything. So that I usually see that scam there. Um, so that's something you also want to be careful of a side note, a side note on another scam. Let me put it up. Cause I just got a message. Here you go. All right. Um, a side note on another scam is that I hear, um, let me do that, uh, is when it comes to selling gear, be very careful when you sell gear to people who pay with a online form of payment, right? Who pay, and I, this is for gear that you hand over in person. I don't hand over gear and somebody say, let me cash app you, bro. It's not happening. Because usually what they do is they'll cash app you accept the gear 
or they'll have you mail the gear. This is another thing. They'll send you a FedEx number so that you can go and go to your FedEx store, put their number on it, their label from their company, so they get to control it. You can't stop shipment from an account that's not yours. They'll give you the FedEx number. You'll write it down. You think I'm getting over it because I'm not paying nothing for shipping, but you have no control over the shipment. They'll pay you with something other than PayPal. And once they received it, they'll renege on the payment. They'll say it's fraudulent. They'll say my credit card got stolen. They'll say something. Even when you give it to them in person, hey, meet me here. I'm just going to pay you with Venmo. I'm going to pay you with Cash App and then hand me the product. And then, you know, as you're riding back home, you get a email saying suspicious activity from Cash App. And now they've ho- they're holding the funds until they investigate. So, Make sure you are aware of that. If I meet you in person, I want cash and I'm bringing a pin to make sure that I am the, the money is legit. I've literally had people hand me counterfeit money before and they'll do it and they'll put it inside of a bank envelope. So and they'll just hand you the money. Nope. Take that money out. Count it out. We're going to count it right here and we're going to definitely look at it because I've had I've had that happen. You know, you get a lens, you're trying to move, you get a little desperate. Nobody's calling. Nobody's biting. Then you get a call at 730 at night saying, hey, meet me at nine tonight in a Walmart parking lot. You know, you finally got somebody that thought that everything's great and you get there and they hand you. I'm in a rush, man. Here's the money. I don't even really need to check it out. I'm good. All right, man, peace. And you get the bank envelope and there's some 50s hanging out and you take them all out and they look real and you get home and you put them under light and nothing reflects. Um, I've literally had that happen to me and I was I was able to catch it before, um, you know, before we ended up fully exchanging it. And without detail, I'm just going to be real with you. Uh, Texas is one of those states where you can. What's the proper way of saying this? Defend yourself by any means necessary. Um, and it came down to that um, because I I knew that it was fake. And they they thought they were just, oh, man, you know, we just, you know, so it, they literally they literally tried to snatch um, the item out of my hand. And that wasn't a good idea. We'll just leave it there. Um, and, you know, what's crazy is I end up selling something on Craigslist years later. And ran into the same guys and they didn't recognize me. So they have been running this scam over and over. Um, and I like when they left, they even left they left the money and everything. So I was able to contact Secret Service, who deals with counterfeit money, and kind of tell them, hey, there's some guys out here pushing some counterfeit money to buy items. They're looking for usually Apple products or high-end camera gear. So be mindful of that. Um, and just be on the lookout for it because that's that's no joke. Um, and I would hate for somebody to to sell something that's a high like they were looking for like two, three thousand dollar laptops or like glass. And can you imagine handing somebody your glass and you getting home and you got fake money? It is the worst feeling in the world. Um, so you don't you don't want that. So you want to just be mindful of that on on that end um, of the spectrum when you're selling gear as well. And I know a lot of people are looking into the idea of renting gear. And I'm kind of working on some things to kind of give you guys more information on the safest way possible to do that. Most importantly, you want to make sure you have insurance and there are steps involved before you just trust anybody who run up with the money, you know, to rent your gear. I would love to uh, happen to land a 70 to 200 for two hundred and fifty dollars. 
and then peace, I'm gone. So you want to make sure you protect yourself definitely um, when you when you're doing that. <laughs> Media Smith says someone wanted to catch them hands. I'm you know I was in the military. I we they taught us other ways of uh, defending yourself, and it's cool because um, I'm not about to run and chase you. I'm about to you about to yeah you know uh, you know what I'm saying it's gonna be next on the first forty eight. Anyway, um, so yeah. With that being said, I'm a, I'm a I got two guests. I'm gonna jump on. Have you guys t- have any experience or run into any type of um, scams, whether it be selling equipment or just working with clients? Yeah, definitely uh, all the time. So the the one that at least the the one that I can think of right off the bat um, is the what is it there the the website domain something I can't even remember. But essentially, the the big thing is because we have a few clients that always contact us because they're like, they get these weird emails of somebody that's like, hey, your domain uh, registration through Google something and all the search engines is expired. It's, you know, we can take care of it. It's 400 bucks, you know, just fill out this little form and we can make sure that your domain shows up on all the search engines or whatever. That's a complete (laughs) lie. Like, you... (laughs) As long as, as long as you pay for your domain name and your hosting, there's no domain registry, whatever, right? And the thing is, is I'm like, I think that in, I don't know, probably just the last week or two, like we have personally gotten probably like six emails ourselves. And the, the downside is though that I've seen is where you have to be careful is when you get those emails, look to see who they're sending it from. Because if you automatically put it into spam, like what they're doing with ours is they're like scary, good marketing at scary, is who they're putting as the, is sending that email. Um, even though, cause they're, they're putting it in through like forms, like the contact us form. So if you hit like, mark as spam it's going to end up putting your email account in spam and then you get all jacked up that way so that's the big one that i've been seeing um at least with our clients and then the only other one is if you do any work as like government contractors that kind of stuff there's all 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 the time people talking about all all the information that you need for that because anytime that you work with a government agency, all of your information has to be public. So they just take that information and they send you all kinds of crazy stuff all the time. So those are definitely the two that I've been seeing the most recently. Um, I've even seen a whole fake GoPro website. I'm actually going to do a video and I've just been so busy um, with the master course, but there is a, it's a completely fake GoPro website that looks very identical. And I had some, contacts over at GoPro that I was trying to get in contact with and tell them like, listen, this site is 100% your site. I mean, pop-ups and everything. The only thing that was different is when you click buy, the form started looking real cheesy and real funny. And they took, you know, the credit card form started looking funny. Um, but it, they, it was literally, and I'm like, when did GoPros, when did the new GoPro Hero 9 start selling for 129 It was a ridiculous price for a GoPro. I mean, I and you know what's crazy is I found them on an advertisement on Facebook. They advertised on Facebook, and I found them, and it popped up. And I'm like, when did GoPros become 129? I just bought one like about three months ago. Um, when did that happen? So I had an issue where I sold a um, a laptop through Amazon, 
and I sold it used and I had it wrapped at the UPS store. I watched them rewrap it. Um, and the clients swear they never got it. They swear it was the box was empty. However, when UPS weighed the box, it weighed, you know, the five, six, eight pounds it weighed. So I'm I'm like, well, it left here with 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 the laptop in it or something in it. I could see if they said, Hey, we we got nothing. Like we or we got a brick or something that you know what I'm saying, but it was nothing. And Amazon took their side, took the buyer's side. They will never take the seller's side unless you are just jacked. And that was a fifteen hundred dollar laptop. So that was a good trip I drove to Pennsylvania. It was a really, really good trip I took to Pennsylvania. It was worth it. Uh, you know, I just had to make sure that... Uh, no, I'm joking. I didn't go see the buyer. I should have, though. Um, I probably wouldn't be here if I did. So it was, you know, it was a a rough lesson. Um, I had different things in place that kind of protected me from that. If I had to eat the whole 1500 it it would have been rough. Um, you know, I'm, I like to keep my money. I don't like to, uh, just, you know, throw it at people on the internet. That's just me. So those are just some of the scams I've run into just on, just on every aspect of the business. But when it comes to working with clients and working with businesses, you're going to get people who will try you, especially if you're on bark, if you're on thumbtack, if you're on areas where they can just spray and pray, um, you will be caught up in that all the time and I used to get a lot of them like it was to the point where there was there were certain niches that they went after that I would just cut off on on thumbtack because that's all I would get and it's mostly around like um they would say hey we got a family reunion coming up we need somebody to film it we need somebody to take pictures and it was always ah you know we forgot to pay the venue guy can you just can you send the venue guy this or can you send this to and I remember the first time I didn't know exactly what it was. And I got this huge check in the mail. It probably was like a $10,000 check. And I'm like, y'all was only supposed to send me like half of this. Like, what's up? Oh, you know, you know my payroll lady, I need to fire her. Listen, um, we sent you too much. Just cash it and send us the rest back. Like, I was like, nah, bro, I'm tearing this up. You can send me out a new check. I'll wait. I'm not cashing this check. And it was from... You know, it was like from Bank of Australia or Bank of like UK, wherever they were. That's where it was at. So after speaking with um, those who were at my bank, the issue is or or what the loophole is, um, usually banks hold checks for seven to 10 days where international checks can take up to 30 days to clear. However, if your bank policy is seven to 10 days, they're going to just front you the money because they figure if we can't catch it in seven to 10 days. We're not going to catch it. Um, and these were like these were checks that were stolen. They were actually stolen from the bank. So it wasn't a fraudulent check. So when the when the bank ran a quick number on it, checked the account, they were legitimate on the account. You know, if it was check number zero, zero five, it was a legitimate check. It wasn't like coming back, missing, missing, missing. It came back as a hit, a hit, a hit. And then they were like, well, somebody stole from check number 100 to 2000. So this is check number 1500. You know, this is one of the stolen checks. So it took 30 days or more to find. And because of that, once once they cleared in their um, once they clear it within their 10 day period, they you know, you don't know you're good. They'll they'll be kind of on the hook for it. So it's something that. You know, I want to share with you guys, because as you grow your business, you know what they say, more money, more problems. As you grow your business, you're going to run into this a lot. 
and you don't want to have your holiday ruined because of a bad check or some type of fraud on your account um, or some type of, you know, if you think bank fraud is big, they, they would love to have your business card over your personal card. They would love it. They would love to have that business name because they figure there is a ton of money there. There is no limit. They would love to have it. Good looking out on the Super Chat Fun film. He said Bitcoin all the way. Appreciate it. You can send a Bitcoin if you want, bro. Don't be shy. Go ahead and send that Bitcoin on over. I'll take two and I'm going to go get me a car with that. <laughs> you know, so you, those are things that I want to be mindful of. Any of you, any, any of you guys um, run into any more fraud or scam? Yeah, we we've had um, we we've had our share. We've had our share. Uh, You've had your share of, the, of scams. You were out doing, or I just want to clarify know, for so the, I got the hoodie on, right? Yeah, because I just no, want to. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we've been hit. We've been hit with a couple of scams. There was one that was done here um, locally. Well, they said it was local, and it was like for a wedding venue, and it was the same situation that you literally had just said that they. Hey, look, um, we just need you to pay the wedding venue. We have about a wedding part of like 20 to 40 guests or something like that. Um, you know, we started going through the pricing and everything. And then all of a sudden, you know, hey, look, let's, you know, look at, you know, getting on the phone call so we can kind of discuss things in more detail um, so that we can kind of iron out some things. And lo and behold, nada. And then we literally just got hit with an email. Like what? what is today? The 11th, two days ago. Uh, for somebody else, they, it's just all of a sudden the subject line was photographer from some person named Rivera Ann. And it said, hey, you know, hello, I'm Rivera. How are you? I like, and, and here's here's a big thing too that folks, if you're not, just be mindful of this. Look at the grammar. I'm a big stickler on grammar just because how, how I was raised and how my dad is like, just, great, just pounded that into me. So they say, how are you? Question mark. I'll like to know your free available date in April with an extra space in there for my family reunion and then parentheses, five hours photo coverage. Bless you, babe. Um, also, I want family portraits done for all the families coming together for the reunion, period. Thanks, no caps, no spaces, period. I await your response. So I'm like, hmm, okay. Let me just go ahead and reply. Yeah, I see. So, it's so, laughing at it. So pretty, so, much, back. so pretty much, I'm going to cut you off real quick, Bruce Paul. So yeah, yeah. pretty much what you're saying is, um, you don't do business with people with Detroit public school education. This is what you're saying. I mean, I just want to put that out there. No, I don't. I, 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 I'm, I'm not saying school. that at all. Okay, don't I just stutter. I'm not saying that at all. So if you got a Detroit public school education. <laughs> oh, I'll be more than happy to work with you. Just get on the phone, get on the phone call with me. Get on a video. You're all right, man. We give you a pass. I just want to make sure. All right, we'll let you go finish. Go ahead. Finish. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't that far away. I had, I had some Maryland education school systems in me too in Prince George County, but we'll leave that alone. <laughs> So we were, we replied back to him and said, "Hey, thanks for reaching out to us. Let us know when you're located, uh, where you're located, and let's get on a Zoom call today to see how we can best serve you." Oddly enough, that email address when we responded back to it didn't exist. Nada. Wow. And that's one thing that we found. Like whenever we've you know we've come across those, literally just asking them to get on a video call with you oh, yeah. to you know say, "Hey, let's you know kind of iron some things out, dude." You they will ghost you in a heartbeat. Yeah. They're like allergic to video calls I've had because they like, know, they like, know the situation. The game's up. I usually Game's get up. like, Oh, you know, I'm busy. Just shoot it over every time. Like, let's jump on the call right now. Oh, you know, I just, yeah. 
No. It's, it's it's rough. So so what was so what were they trying to get you to do? Were they trying to get you to send a check or like credit card? Or- oh, well, we didn't get that far. The the previous ones were they were trying to ask us because they did the same thing that they asked us uh, what are like for the wedding venue, and you'll know where this is at. Um, Tim was like I think they were saying somewhere out in Moriarty or something like that, and um, we were like, we were like kind of figure out you know hey it's not that far away. I mean you know few thousand dollars i mean is it worth it cool you know i'll be your you know i'll be your assistant camera person valerie you know let's go out there and do this and then they started asking questions about square payment or what type of payment do you have um or payment processing do you have and we told them like you know well can you accept this instead and are you willing to do blah 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 and i was like well why are you asking about that i think venmo might have been something they, they were just kind of given different options right yeah, yeah. and that's literally, literally like what you said because i think at that point they were trying to um, trying to game the system, and this one over here. I mean, she her BS detector, like she knows, like right away, like no scam, drop it. Don't even try to do it. So I know you're trying to make fun of me with the hoodie, but that's cool. I'm just saying, three out of the four guys have hoodies. Tim, Tim is okay to wear a suit. He gets like I get it, but three that's out of the four man right there. He, three he's, out of he's four the exception to the rule. Thank you, he's thank the, you. With the clean cut. Thank you. I'm just, saying, I'm just supporting you. I'm just. I got. I got. I got. I got an unkept nappiness going on right now, man. I don't want to come in here looking unpresentable. So. Uh, well, it's okay. I'm just here to support you. Chilly. Thank you. I appreciate it. Shout out to. Hoodie gang. Hoodie gang. Hoodie gang. All right, I'm hot now. I got to take mine off. So, so, so they were trying to get you on onto whatever their payment method was, or just push you in the direction they wanted to push you in. What did they say exactly? You said they wanted Venmo or did or did you not get that far? I, I can't yeah, I can't remember what it was, but when they started asking more and more questions about like trying to um like get us to go their direction. Well look, you know, here's how we accept payments. We can do payments with Square, uh we can do cash, um, or something else. I think we gave them like three options of how we can do it. And they were like not wanting to go that route because they wanted to try to like whatever system they already knew that they can mm-hmm. gain, that's where they wanted to go. Yep. They will try so. to push you. Because I'm anytime somebody ever asks me how, where, like you either need to ask me check or credit card. And don't get me wrong, when you do bigger transactions, you're going to have to move to a money wire. It just, it is what it is. And money wires are fine because okay. once you send it, it's gone. Like it ain't something they can yank back. And they don't okay. cost you anything. So when you start getting to clients that are over 10,000, it's going to be all money wire. It's not going to be a Venmo. Really? Yeah, because you can't, there's, unless they okay. send you a check and I don't mind a check, but it's just t- like, it's just time in between. You got to wait for the mail. They got to get here. It's literally the same thing. They're just going to ask for your routing number, your checking number, and they're going to route, they're going to send it over to it. They can't do nothing with it anyway, but you know, they can probably try, but they're going to send it over like a direct deposit <laughs> style form. Um, okay. so when you do any, any larger clients, that's what you're going to run into. Um, Derek P even said, I literally turned down something similar. They asked me for a family union for five hours with 30 people and wanted to know if I took credit cards right away. That don't even sound right in the COVID era right now. Like that don't even sound like, you know what I'm saying? Like y'all, y'all still moving forward with y'all family reunion. You must don't love these people. I'm not getting my elders and stuff in a room right now. Like it's not happening. Like. I'm just saying, like, I love my people too much to have them coughing on each other. You know what I'm saying? Flying in town to cough on each other. And, you know, it'll be a family that you might as well ask them, can we cover the funerals too? You want to live stream the funerals? Let's get a two for one while we at it and go ahead and upsell. That's upselling, right, Tim? We talked about that the other day. <laughs> that, that's your uh, Costco. Just buy everything in bulk. Just buy it in bulk. For the, for the price, we can do a family reunion and three funerals. 
was live stream three views. <laughs> That's cold blooded. But hey, here we're talking about the business. <laughs> here on this channel, we're talking <laughs> we're talking about turning your passion into profit. Right? Everything needs to oh, be found. I, I know the, the the guy that'll sell you the coffins. We're good. There's a coffin store here in Dallas. It's crazy. I actually yeah, seen. I'll get a kickback. You get a kickback. Hey, there you go. I I'm gonna put a flash film sticker on it. If you if you get your coffin or your funeral film by flash film media we're gonna put a sticker inside the casket so you'll be flash film for not life but forever let's go marketing right there ain't that how we do it to them that's good that, that don't count hey okay. hey you know you, you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do we'll put a qr code on that boy just in case never mind that's probably too much family reunion thing is common when i've been slapping on the back of the hearse right everybody follows them right this is true QR code on the headstone too. This on the headstone. If we do a live stream, I'm just gonna put it inside the coffin, like because when they open up a live stream and everybody's watching, they're gonna be like, "Oh, who did this?" There we go. We there. We there. So yeah, they said the family union thing is common when it's been around. Um, Strokes Entertainment Production. That is, I get the family union thing a lot. I was like, man, I, my family is trash because y'all be having all all these family reunions. We don't be having all these family reunions, like. I was getting hit up with that on especially on Thumbtack. If you're on Thumbtack, you're gonna get a lot of it. Or you're right. A lot of a lot of times I get um, you know, just the bad grammar guys. But see, I'm not a super perfect grammar guy. I've been to stumble through it and still wanna do business. <laughs> Detroit Public Schools, I'd be like, I the video stuff be needed. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Of course we can do <laughs> Let's oh. Yeah, I got you. I know what they mean. They were just in a rush. I do this all the time. I, I type and drive all the time. I get it. <laughs> so for me, I was, <laughs> so you smart. You caught it. I was at home with the check. Like, I'm about to get this. I'm about to buy that. Wait a minute. Bank of Nigeria. They said they were located in, you know what I'm saying? Like, and see, in Texas, we got a bunch of cities that are named like after places. So they're like, yeah. We uh we need it in Paris, Texas, and it'd be like the Bank of Paris, but it'd be like the real Paris. Yeah, it's we we got a lot of a lot of cities that are named after like great places, like, and you'll be thinking like, okay, yeah, they having it out in Paris. This is the Bank of Paris, and I'm like, cool, take it to your bank, and they're like, this is out of the country. I'm like, what Paris is Paris, Texas is just like, no sir, look at this. I'm like, oh, it happens, it happens. Um, Jay Crawford says. When I set up my business, um, I had mail sent to me saying I haven't paid what the Florida charge when making the LLC. I did it through I did it through LegalZoom at the bottom of the paper. It said not a government agency. Jay, I don't want to tell you to pay that or not to pay that, but whatever happens, write me from jail if it's real, and I will let the viewers know whether it was legit or not. I've never seen that before. I've never seen it. Go ahead, bro. <laughs> Um, I, I know when I did set up my LLC, I got a lot of like mail coming in talking about, I had to pay these different things too. Um, yeah. So I was a little iffy about that, but once I talked to my tax person about that, he told me that it was just a scam. Kind of looked it up and you can see there's a lot of scams like that. And and when you file an LLC again, it's public information. So everybody's going to be like, there are people that just make a living doing it. They just sit back and just make a living. Go for it, Tim. Yeah, one of the other things too is even um, right. Even if you're doing like if you're not an LLC yet or your S corp corporation, uh, even if you're um, 
a, what is it, a, an individual. The, the other big thing where a lot of people take a lot of your data is your website. So anytime that a website provider asks you if you want privacy, you, in my opinion, always pay that extra, I think we pay like $9 or something a year for it. If you don't have that, anybody can go and pull all of your information on the account that you, um, with the information that you use to create that account. So if you're using like your personal emails, your personal phone numbers, any of that, which I don't recommend, but if you do that when you start, literally I can go, like right now I can go and I can just put your domain name in like a domain name registry lookup and I can pull all of the information if you don't have domain name privacy. Um, so, I mean, that's one of the big things where a lot of uh, information ends up getting pulled too. Yeah, I uh, what I did was I put in a lot of like uh, false information. I use that. To, you can I, definitely do that too. I I use that to uh, I use that to look up Rodney's house, so I know where he's at whenever I'm in the area. He don't know, but I'm just gonna pop up one day, like bro, like meets me off YouTube. Shows him like, and Catman do, so have fun out there, man. Right. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna show up, like bro. I'm gonna go live from his front porch, like like publishing clearance in house, like with a big check for zero dollars on it, just to get him. <laughs> it's gonna be a big old like contract pack coupon or something. It's gonna be. <laughs> I want. You want a contract? He's like I already bought this crap, man. Like, like yeah. that's what I'm gonna do. This, <laughs> Michael, what's going on, bro? <laughs> Mike came in at the wrong time. Yep. I must have. I must have. Uh, I'm doing all right, guys. Uh, just trying to research on my um, new new niche that I told you guys about, like pivoting. That's why I came to ask to follow up on pivoting. So I, you know, we already my niche is the weed distribution and uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. the weed. Was that before? <laughs> was that the pre-pivot or after pivot? No, that was the pre-pivot. That was the pre. Okay, where we're pivoting to? We're, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Like trying to get to talk to those dispensaries and stuff like that i've got more confirmation that it's very hard to get google sense and facebook to get with them and you know you just i just had to confirm that and it's gonna make it a lot harder for me to provide video content for them okay so and, so yes and no i'm gonna let tim jump in because he can touch on the marketing side because it's not federal yet it's a whole lot of hooplas and stuff about who can touch them and who can't like, I know that the weed industry is going through a lot of stuff with banks and all of that. They still need content for their website because I shot something for a CBD company that cut me one of the biggest checks ever here in Texas. And it's way more legal there than it is here in Texas. However, they needed content for their website to talk about what they did and kind of to overcome some of the ideas like, hey, this is CBD. It's not THC. It's legal. Just so so people who are interested in it know that if you bought it. Um, we're not going to kick you in your door. So, but I'm gonna let Tim jump in and, uh, and, and, and tell you a little bit more on the marketing side. Yeah. So on the marketing side, it's very difficult. We actually, um, had somebody that was looking for a social media person. They're like, you know, we want somebody that didn't say what their business was. And we actually ended up turning them down because one is on the advertising side. It's, it's difficult. It's not impossible. The thing is, is I think that if you, if you want to continue in the industry, I definitely think that if you come 
more as an expert and and come with the, the sense like for us we turned them down because essentially i told them straight up i was like look like we can do the advertising for you you don't need a social media person like you can try to do it on social media but if your accounts get shut down and you get banned facebook youtube google any of those aren't going to let you create any more accounts and it's so strict like the name of your company the landing pages that you send people to all of that stuff plays a big factor in it but i'm like but like email marketing is still a big thing blog content you know even just having video content like what ty was saying on their website that kind of stuff they can still leverage that the thing is is they're gonna have as far as growing their audience doing that kind of stuff it's gonna be a lot more like like homegrown grassroots guerrilla marketing type that stuff. Is, that is what I, I ran into. Oh, they okay. said that they said they said exactly that. It's like yes, we uh, we can do homegrown, but we want to go on a wider net. And they're say they're having problems. Like I mm. want you to do Facebook ads and and stuff, but we can't. Like that's what they said that we can't. We we, we cannot do Facebook ads. Like they want to grow, but they don't want homegrown. They want to like you know, yeah. like every other yeah. business besides that. Tim, I like the home. Yeah. I like the grassroots analogy there, but go ahead. I just want to say that real quick. <laughs> like the play. Yeah. And the, the big thing is, is right. Until it is federally legal. And even once it becomes federally legal, like each platform, you have to understand, like if Mark Zuckerberg doesn't like the, the cannabis industry, he doesn't have to allow cannabis ads to run. Or the same thing, like the CEOs of Google, like if they don't want to align their brand with that, because to me, I'm like, they own those platforms. It, it They give you the right to use them, but it is not your right to be able to use it, right? Like, and that's the big thing. Um, and that's why, like, to me, I think that there's still, there's so much that those companies can do to even grow locally. But the thing is, is right, like, even if you want to go and, right if you sell online let's say if you wanted to do that certain states it's not legal mm -hmm. so like if somebody buys from that state and you ship it out then that company in itself and almost anybody that's affiliated with it can have you know federal charges on it and that's the big thing like for us the reason we ended up turning them down is one is they're very hard-headed and they just think that they know what's best and i'm like you're not an advertiser. You don't look at this every single day. <laughs> like, you know, we're not just telling you this because whatever. Two, the other thing is, is like for us, I'm like, I don't want to work with a brand that is going to try and go against something federally because we can also like, especially for us as advertisers, we carry a lot of liability, right? Like the same thing, like even if we're working like with a smoke shop, we're working with alcohol, anything that's somewhat more regulated, firearms, any of that stuff, if we do something illegally, we're the ones that are for blame, right? As a content creator, you have to kind of, that's why there's kind of that gray area. Like if you produce something that is an ad, you could potentially be legally vulnerable to that as well because you're the one that created it, crafted it, even though it's for another brand, that's why it also comes down to your contracts. So like for us, I was like, we're actually not gonna take you as a client because you don't fit with what we align with. And to me, that's why I'm like, I think that you can do it. You just have to know what your risks are as well, right? Because just because you work with a company, a brand, whatever, doesn't mean that you are not also liable right. in that industry. So I think that those are the big things to, 
to think about if, like I said, you want to continue on that route and anybody else working in those kinds of industries as well. Um, in, in the hood, we have a term for that. It's called, I, I don't want that smoke. So that's that's the, the, the term we use in the hood. We don't want that smoke. We don't want those problems. Um, and it's something I want to tell you that was an idea that was brought to me. But real quick, Z23, thanks for the super chat. He said, make sure you update your ICANN or who is if you keep your domain public. And those are sites... Um, they're kind of information registries, I guess, that they provide information for your domain. So it's just the inf same information Tim was talking about. They display it. Um, so you want to make sure you're updated. Usually with whoever you got your domain with, it'll flow to those, um, or at least through my experience with, with GoDaddy. Um, really quick, so I had a company in a similar situation, uh, Michael, and what we did was we created content for them that was then placed on a, um, a mailer that mailed specifically in that area. And then they had a QR code that would take them to the site and video and things like that before you try to go to social media route. Um, and it was just being creative with it. How can we creative, how can we be creative about getting this content to people within a certain market and not go outside that market um, or bring attention outside that market. And that was a solution that they thought of. So still their website and still needy content. And maybe on some of that content, we, you know, we, think about it right now like so beer and liquor commercials are forced to say you know drink responsibly you know we would create content that was along the lines of you know hey this is only available within the state of washington you got to be 18 years of older older you know blah 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 now let's get into it but it, it kind of worked in their favor and instead of asking for that smoke from the federal government or whoever state that they line that they've crossed they kind of put everything out front and made the company look like a responsible company. Just like you're saying, Crown Royal, Crown Royal, drink responsibly. You know what I'm saying? Spritzer this and spritzer that, drink responsibly. Please drink plenty of water. Or you see somebody, I seen a video of a car, um, I forgot what commercial it was, but a car was jumping a, a, like a ramp on the moon and it says, do not try this at home. And I'm like, how? Bruh. I'm like, how does that happen? Like, why? You really got to tell people not to jump ramps on the moon, but it was there. So, you know, those are those are ways I would approach the company. And I mean, in the perfect world, if things were okay, social media wise, yeah, you could still target people within the zip code and social media, but why risk it? You know, do some mailers, do some postcards, you know, stay within the area, especially if it's a local shop, um, maybe, you know, hit that area with QR codes or information to take them back to their website. And then you're providing content on their website. All right. I was really going to cut it off. I was going to go a complete 180, but all right, I'll, I'll try to uh, incorporate it back into, you know, not go the social media route, but go the mailer or some another avenue, I should say. I'm, What's up? I'm just saying, you know, if weed is your thing, weed is your thing. You know, if you can talk about it intelligently. The pivot I was going to go is weed lawyers. That's they, even better. Okay, I'm going to tell you why that's better. They got more money. Yeah, that's true. But we're talking about lawyers. And I already got, remember those cold calls back in the day? The, the, I got a lot of those. From the, I don't know if I want to go back to that. That's like a nightmare. But I, I mean, you, just, you can, you can, it's, it's good to have, I, I shot for a weed lawyer too. Uh, and, and it's good to have a good relationship with a weed lawyer, even if you don't deal with weed it's a good re I'll, I'll give you a sample real quick and i'm gonna let you go to him look there's something weird that i didn't know in the state of texas 
let's say we're having a big party and you decide, hey, I want to make weed brownies. I'm going to bring a big batch of weed brownies. Bro, if you get pulled over, you're going to jail for the weight of those brownies. So guess what? You're a kingpin in prison with 20 years because you got 10 pounds of brownies in your trunk. They're not going to try to decide what is what. They like, bro, you got two boxes of brownies, two pounds. Hug your family. Tell them goodbye. You're not going to see them no more. So now you're in the pen, you know, acting all tough because I got caught with two pounds. Yeah, but the paperwork said it was brownies, bro. You're not that, you know, you're in there looking like Scarface, but you really got caught with brownies. But anyway, I'm going to tell you. Looking like Betty Crocker. You're looking like the big, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, the, the one thing that I would do, I mean, at least from all of the research that we've done, like I said, we don't really work in that industry. Like I said, we, we know all the, the hoops that we have to jump through and that kind of stuff. But I think as a content creator, it's definitely a little bit easier. The one thing that I and really the thing that I've talked with uh, uh, at least a few people in the industry, the big thing to me is one is I would ask them like, why do you think that you need to be on social media? Why do you think you need to have this big reach more times than not? It's going to be like, well, we want to make more money. Well, my thing is, is I'm like, okay, with that, can you actually track how much money your repeat customers are coming in for? And can we increase the amount of repeat customers? Because to me, I'm like, once somebody has bought something from you, it's way easier to sell them on getting something one, two, three, four, five more times. That's why, in my opinion, the best things are like, I would approach them and be like, look, do you have videos that you send in your email marketing campaigns? Do you have videos that you can send in text messages? Those are the two big things that any and realistically whether it's in cannabis any of that stuff if you don't have those two things i think that you're missing a huge opportunity especially email marketing like email marketing like i said it's it's one of those things that a lot of people don't like but to me i'm like even being able to put a video in there one a lot of people are more engaged with video than always reading through an email and two that's what you can create right be able to put those videos in there or have links to that grow that kind of engagement and get the people that have gone in there to come in more consistently. I think that that's where really the name of the game is in that industry um, specifically, because like I said, you only have a certain market, right? You can only service, you know, your state. So it's like, how do we just get more people to come in more often, right? If, if the average customer comes in maybe once a week, how do we get them to come in two times a week, right? If you can do that, now you have doubled your sales and that's a huge thing, right? Most companies can barely double their sales, but if you can figure out a way to do that, then that's really what's gonna be game changing. And I think that if you go to them with that, I think that's a lot more powerful and, and getting them to kind of think a little bit differently about that. Yeah, so I didn't think about that. So this is another avenue, and it's really making me reconsider going back to them. Because I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm afraid to go back to the lawyer aspect of this, even though there's a need for it. I know they need content. I've seen, I seen the lawyers that practice cannabis law in this state, um, so near me. Their their content is very subliminal. Like they're not really, they're not there. The closest thing is DUI. They have plenty of content with DUI. They have all like DUI this, DUI that, why you need all that content regarding UA, but nothing with the cannabis law. And I would love to write it, but like I said, I do not want to go there yet. I feel like I need to prove myself. And I thought the next, 
the next best thing is to go through the distribute the cabinet, the one that distribute the cannabis. Let me let me just jump in real quick because I just want to say if you like if you can't resell to a cannabis customer over and over again, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take your whole business model. I want you to take a really good picture of it, put it on Craigslist, and sell it if you can't get a repeat customer in the cannabis industry. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> okay, I'm sorry I had to say that. Go for it. <laughs> that That's totally fair. I mean, I'm always surprised at some businesses that we look at, and I'm like, you expect to be in business? How long? <laughs> But Tim, make the face one more one. time, please. Make the face so I can hit the bruh button. Bruh. There we go. Okay. <laughs> so the the one thing that I would do is right. So if you had like this is how I would kind of go about it. One is so you had the people that are actually selling doing the cannabis. What I would start doing is start asking them like, hey, you know, like what are a few questions that you would like if I was a lawyer, what are a few questions you would be curious about? I would gather all of that up and then I would go to a lawyer and be like, hey, would you want to know what the top 20 questions are that cannabis companies are at wanting to know from lawyers? Now, what if we went and did a video on those? And I would literally sell them. Like, they don't have to think about it. You already went out and did all the research because you have all the clients. And I'd be like, look, I work with a few cannabis companies. These are the concerns that they have. These are those kinds of things. How much would it be worth to you if you could answer those questions to them in an engaging, concise, easy way that they can consume? And now you literally go and you start selling into that other industry because it's technically in the same industry. You're yep. just now selling a little bit differently. But you have like you're able to go and talk directly to who their customers are. And you can ask them because like one is people are always going to people love giving their opinions so just ask them like hey what is it that you would like to like if i was a, a cannabis oh, player, right? what what would be interesting to you like what are the things that you would like to learn that's how i would go about right even if you just start with the the sellers like how do you get into with the lawyers that's what i would do is i would leverage your communication that you have with those uh distributors and then, and then, you know, sell guns to both sides. I'd even get a police station involved. What are some of those misconceptions about the cannabis laws that we can create? I'm going to do all. You ever watch Drugs, Inc.? They get everybody. The dealers, the crackheads, the cops. Hey, I'm, I'm I, everywhere. I do not want to be at the local news, at the 11 o'clock news, saying that a local photographer becomes a kingpin over here. Calm down there, sir. Calm down. Well, Michael, this channel is about getting money, okay? I just, just That's what it's about. It's about... <laughs> It's about uh, legal your... money, sir. Legal money. Um, legal money. Where do you see the word legal anywhere in my description? Get that bag. The views and opinions expressed by the other guests in this live is not those of Flash Film Academy. Just want to put that out there. So I don't, I don't condone any type of whatever drug dealing or anything on this channel. I just want to say that to you, uh, Uncle Sam. It's on you, bro. <laughs> so a, a non-sequitur, non-related situation, but kind of since somebody had mentioned the, the I can and the who is, and I know this is in your uh, your master course, <clears throat> the whole thing about uh, not having your, your actual personal address, right? 
and then go on the route of doing the PO box, which is a step in the right direction, but businesses don't want to, you know, send out to PO box. We actually, Mrs. and I made the trip. We're running some errands this past weekend, like some Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And um, we decided to go by the post office, had to go check some mail. And we'd already checked with UPS, find out what the pricing was on that. Decent. Go into the post office and basically just told the, you know, told the person, hey, look, um, just need to get some information real quick about uh, what options you guys have available uh, for a street address. We've checked with the, the, the U word, the three letter U word we don't want to use here in your presence. Chuckle, chuckle. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just want to kind of figure out what the price is going to be um, and how we can go about canceling our account if you guys don't offer that service. And the dude literally looked at me like I like had three eyes and two lips or two faces or whatever. It's like, dude, we do that for free. I'm like, what? He goes, no, seriously, here's the street address. And Tim, you know the um, the post office by the airport, right? Literally, just basically, all you need to do is just write down unit whatever after the street address. And it's a different zip code, evidently. And that's it. So folks that are out there, if you do have a UPS, uh, not a UPS, excuse me, USPS, uh, postal, uh, postal Service, um PO box, you literally can just get that upgrade for free to basically have a street address for your business and kind of elevate your game a little bit. They're coming around. And that's it. Yep. They're they're coming around because that's the reason why they are losing business. Because you're like, well, why would I open up a FedEx store? Because nobody wants to send to a PO box for some reason. Especially when you're starting to do like bill credit and things like that. PO right. box is a no go. So so the ultimate hack or what the old school guys used to do and tell me is they would get, and this this may be of interest to you, Mike. This is in your, you could use this in your industry. Is they would get a storage unit, and they would get the address to the storage unit, and it'll be a street address, and then, you know, just get you need to put something in it, and move it, and go to the to the dock, and you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? You know, so you know, you can have. You're wrong. I'm sir. just saying. You're wrong. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm going to get self-implicated by, by being on this live stream right now, man. I'm seriously. Seriously. You know how Uncle Sam does, man. Uh, they, you good, you're good. They, uh, I just want to say I have no relations, business, or personal with Michael. He's just a guest on the show. I, I don't know nothing about it, Uncle Sam. However... If called to testify, I will. Okay, so um, on to the next. Uh, yeah, so Michael said he worked with cannabis wholesale events, open mics. They suss about getting new content. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's such a tricky industry right now. Um, <laughs> You go to Vegas, them dudes are bold with it. Like they are, they don't play no games. So it just depends where you are. But when it go, fe- but see, the good thing about this, when it do go federal, because it's going to at some point go federal, you're going to be in a prime position to ball out of control. I'm going to be calling you to borrow some money because you will be the guy. So it's not a bad place to be if you can stay within the parameters of the law. And it's like I said, it's weird when you start to look at like some like the fact that they can only make sales cash purchases because Square, no credit card vendor want to touch them. Like just a lot of stuff like that is just weird. And I kind of feel sorry for those guys because it's something that has been made legal, but kind of not legal. And they just they're just iffy on who they can work with man it's just it sucks but it don't you know what i'm saying it's just weird so and and then you got to think of it like this like what you know what kind what kind of scams may come out of that like what kind of scams may may they run into 
you know, and, and who, who can they go run and tell? Like, it's just weird. It's a weird place to be. It's a weird gray area. Um, but I mean, it, there, there is definitely a market for it, obviously. Um, so I've, I've actually worked with a full on weed lawyer. I mean, they wore green ties and they were like, I don't know how they were like smoking and on a YouTube channel. I'm like, yeah, we, and I was like, okay, yeah, we're in Vegas right now, but we're going to tell you about laws back in Texas. And they're like, they literally take nothing but weed cases, weed DUIs. Like, and I'm, they're here in Texas. So, and I actually met them, um, doing headshots. They, they hired me through Thumbtack back in the day to do headshots. They wanted a green screen, but wanted to leave it green. How easy is that? I'm going to charge you for the green screen. But we're going to leave it green. So it was a win-win for me. Um, you know what I'm saying? Anybody else run into any other? Any? I want to make sure I make sure I get all the scams out in front of everybody so they can uh, just hear about any type of scams and and stuff that you may have run into. Real quick, any other questions or sc- on, on the scams? Go ahead, Mike. I don't know if this is a scam, but the quote-unquote the exposure like, hey, do this for me. You'll get exposure. I don't Whoa. know if that's a scam at all, but Whoa. I'm just saying. I'm just saying because that happened to me yesterday. Someone came to me, at, uh, a fellow um, uh, Fast Room Academy um, member, uh, Marvin, who works here. He basically <laughs> Under the gave me bus. <laughs> not even, no, no, not <laughs> like that. He he referred me. He's like, hey, I don't do this stuff. I would like you to check it out. So, you know, he did. And long story short, I met up with the person and said, I, I can't pay you because I have all these gigs lined up, but we, I need pictures done. And you'll get drinks, you'll get food, and you'll hook, uh, I'll show you all the people, these artists around. And network, and you can run, you get for exposure. So I, I can't pay you. And I was like, um, I'm sorry, I can't do it. Uh, well, you just wasted my time. And then I, I, I stopped. I like, okay, have a good day, sir. Just left. But that's a hell of a scab. Like people, like there were. I think there was a, a Facebook post where it was a laptop, and it said. This is how reality design is, and it shows all the uh, editing, Lightroom, Photoshop. But here's what the client sees. It just sees the computer screen with a big red dot press here. It's just, it says click. A one press. that, And it seems like they the client feels that, it, or this type of clients, now that doesn't value you. They think it's just a one-button press. All because we do this, or all we just record that. That's And you'll get exposure that's all that matters you you only want exposure you'll get money later so i think that's a big ass scam i don't i don't work like that unless my mama know who you are and let me explain what that means if you are a jay-z a dmx or somebody who my mother's like oh that's steve harvey yeah i'll do it that way but if not and i'm still leery about that like steve harvey i ain't about to shoot a video and you're gonna put it on your just your personal Facebook page, bro. This need to be in a commercial and family feud on CBS on Tuesday mornings at eight. Like I need major exposure. I just, I don't, I just don't work in that world because my bills, I can't pay my bills like that. I can't call up my energy company and say, man, I'm going to tell people I owe you money and everybody going to sign up for your service. Like it just don't work like that for me. So, and, and listen, I, 
Yeah. Weigh the risk because there may be an opportunity there. I'm not saying that there is always never an opportunity there and it's 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 up to you, but rarely is there an opportunity there. Rarely is there an opportunity. You'll get that opportunity more with people you approach than people who approach you. Because if Beyonce said I need a photographer this Saturday, her inbox would be full. She would have paparazzi because it's an opportunity. People who are begging and asking don't really have that opportunity. Like they don't really have it. So, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's not a, not a good look. Go ahead, Tim. Yeah. The, the best way, if anybody is ever going to be like, Oh, exposure, this exposure, that I'd be like, okay, can we get that in writing? Can you actually get that in writing? Like, let's sign a contract. Like, like if I do this, what are you going to deliver on? And if you don't deliver on those things, what am I like, what, what are the, the consequences of you not delivering on that? And if they back out at that point, then I'm like, if you want to, in my opinion, I'm like, if you want to be taken as a professional, you need to do things as a professional. And that's the easiest way. Like, as soon as you bring up like a contract or something and somebody's like, whoa, 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 like, I don't know about that. And then I'm like, then obviously you're not uh, really who you say you are. Right. right. And that's a big thing. Like, I don't know how many people that I've had that with. And even back whenever I was in like film school, working on films and that kind of stuff, because like I said, I used to be a makeup artist. They'd be like, oh, you can get exposure. You can do this stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, like, let's sign a contract. Like, what are like, what's the film? Like, what's the thing? Like, where is it going to go? Like, what's the distribution? What's all this stuff? And they're like, Oh, that doesn't matter. Like, it's all this. And I'm like, <laughs> I ain't going to do nothing. Like, I'm like, do you go to a restaurant and be like, Hey, you know, like, just give me the, the food for free and I'll just, you know, whatever. And it's fine. I'm like, no, like I'm here doing a service. Like there has to be something just because it's not monetary, right? Like not actual dollars. There still has to be some kind of value there's some kind of transaction yeah i i use yeah i'm 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 never falling for that again you'll you'll tell people you know they'll be like come on and the next thing you know you'll wake up in a tub full of ice and your kidneys are missing and everybody's good everybody's good but you go for it bro <laughs> um one of the things i have done i very rarely ever do it but um for music videos that i shoot every once in a while um i'll have them pay like half of whatever the normal charge would be and if they can prove that they actually have numbers and they can like show it i'll have them add me to their distro kid or like their apple music or spotify um so i'll get a certain percentage of that i'll get like 33 to 50 percent of that so there is um there are production companies out one of them that's that's well known that's out in California that does just that. They'll take a percentage in a in a upstarter, a company that's coming, and they'll create the Kickstarter campaign and everything for a percentage of the company. I forget the guy's name who did it, but he made hundreds of millions doing it for I think Square, um, a few other companies. And when I show you the guy, I gotta look him up, but you'll know exactly who he is because he do all of the commercials. He's like the spokesman. And he owned the production company and he do it for a lot of new companies. And when they go public or blow up, he'll take a percentage and then he can sell it and get what he want. Um, Facebook did that a lot. If you look at the beginnings of Facebook, I was reading an article about a guy that they had paint a mural in the Facebook headquarters and they gave him like 0.5% of the company. And these numbers are just loose. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he ended up selling at 0.5% for like 50 million or something crazy like that. 
So that was an opportunity. Yeah, and that's definitely something that um, is pretty common, especially if you want to work with a lot of startups. The big thing is you can go in and actually sign paperwork to get a like equity. Yep. Where it's like, we'll do this work for you. Like we know that you don't have a whole bunch. I mean, obviously you're still taking some risk, but the thing is, is it's right. It's it's the whole like you know, high risk, high reward kind of thing. But that's definitely something like if you're working with that kind of kind of stuff, it's very common for people that are actually serious to give you a percentage or do whatever, where it's like, hey, you know, we're going to do this. We want X amount of equity to do this. I mean, if you've ever watched um, The Profit, uh, I don't even know if the show comes out anymore. I haven't watched it in a long time. A lot of the times he'll go in there and he's like, I will give you you know, $2.5 million, but I want 40% or 60% of the company and any of the money that's generated and they write that deal. So that's the big thing is like, if you're going to go into that industry, just know that it's not weird to ask for a percentage of equity or that kind of stuff to work with them. Um, and if you bring that up and somebody's like, well, I don't know, then I would just be like, okay, well then obviously you're not that serious about the business. I had a gentleman approach me with an idea for an app and he didn't have the funds. And I, I was like, listen, I'll do it, but I want 15% of the company. Like I'll, I'll definitely do it and I'll continue to keep providing content, but I want a percentage. I want this percentage of the company. Um, and it, I, I, I thought it was a great idea. That's the only reason I had considered it because I felt like it was, this is a great idea. I think this is going to catch on. Um, he just had no funds, uh, and to even like, literally all we had to do was create dope content and go to Kickstarter and then, you know, try to push it. But the thing was he, he didn't want to, to do that. So it's, it turned into a shark tank moment. So keep in mind your, your ability to create content is of value and whatever you value that as you can say, Hey, I, I want a piece of the company. I mean, and, and I may have been pretty steep on, um, what I asked for, but I also, it was with the agreement that I continue to create content for this company until I either sell my share or cash out. So not only do you have me for this one video, but we will continue to grow the social media channel together, but he didn't want to do that. And that's cool. Go ahead, Tim. Yeah. Because the big thing is, is like you really, when you walk into those kind of situations, you need to one truly believe in the product, the service, the, whatever it is that they're delivering, because you are becoming a partner in that company. Like you are legally part of that company. And that's why like, don't just go in there and be like, Oh, I'm just going to do this thing. And then like, get out, like whatever, because you are going to be tied to everything that that company does, even once you're kind of gone. So you want to make sure that you're only going with people that you really believe in the product, that kind of stuff. Cause you know, and that's one of the big things that we do is like, I'm like, I don't want to, I don't even, we don't even want to promote you do any of that stuff. If we don't believe in what you're putting out in the market, because like our name, our reputation is on that as well. But like I said, that's the big thing, especially with startups, that kind of stuff, you're walking in there as a partner and a lot of serious people understand that. I mean, imagine, Michael, if you get with one of those, you know, cannabis companies that want to be aggressive and you say, all right, I'll do it for 3%. And if federal law passed saying that it's legal and they say, all right, we're dumping millions into our marketing so we can ship all over and boom, you you, you rich, Michael, at that point. You know what I'm saying? You, so, you know, you'll be on here with the gold teeth and the chain and, you know, we won't be able to 
really put you on the big screen because you'll be blinding the viewers and, you know, stuff will be good. So, <laughs> not my style, sir. Not my style. Okay. Hey, you know, I, to each his own, but, you know, you know, if I make it, you'll see. No, I'm joking. I'm not a gold teeth type of guy. I'm uh, all up north. So, you know, no disrespect to my guys down in the south, but that's, what, that's how they roll down here in Texas. If you ain't got gold teeth, you ain't making it. Any other um, scams anybody else run into as far as uh, being in the industry that you've run across so far? Yeah, so I mean, you know, I wouldn't say like in the yeah in the industry. Um, I had a situation where I got scammed. Matter of fact, it was earlier this year in wow. January. For the first time, I had got scammed when I was trying to buy a lens from a dude um, from Facebook Marketplace. And usually, you know, I use all these marketplaces like OfferUp. And I have like great, you know, I have great interactions with them and great transactions. I started using Facebook Marketplace and it was going good. And then, and because I'm usually good at like, you know, scoping people out and picking out scams and stuff. So it was a dude that was legit. I thought was legit. Um, he was a photographer, had a photography page, would gave me the whole like run around about, you know, starting his business and everything like that. Um so he was supposed to be shipping me a lens from Tallahassee. I'm in South Florida. And uh, when I pay him through Cash App, um, bro, just ghosted me, like just straight up just ghosted me. So that was just a situation that I really just learned a lesson right then and there. Like, just never do that. Just don't do it. Yeah. I'll tell you something similar to that, that you got to be careful of. And when you say earlier this year, I'm like, it's still early in the year. Like, when did this yeah, happen? Like, <laughs> like last week? <laughs> <laughs> at first I thought it was last year then I looked at the cash shop and it was like oh damn that was in January that's like yeah whenever you do that always do PayPal and this is a trick that this is something they gonna let me put I will get my gym alert but graphic but I don't want to block this is something this is something that they gonna try to whenever you sell something through PayPal they're gonna be like hey man I really don't want to pay the fees can you just send it to me like because there's, there's an option to send it like as a family member you're not protected on that they're like, oh, I don't want to pay the fees. Just send it. Nope. Send it as a product. Let them take the fees out and then you can provide a tracking number. So they can't say, um, I never got it. So you can say, you know, like if I don't got a tracking number, I get my money back. If y'all can't provide me with a tracking number, I'll get my money back. So I always do PayPal. I never do nothing else. Only right. PayPal. Because PayPal won't, you can call them and say anything. And I say anything, but you can have a legitimate argument and they yanking them funds right on back. No, I appreciate that. Cause yeah, usually I would like if I'm like gonna buy something or sell something through like a marketplace, I would just meet up with the person. Yeah. And then I was never no no problems. But this time they were just gonna ship it to me, and that's when I ran into that issue. So no, I appreciate that. I'm gonna definitely do PayPal. How far are they from you? Uh, they was in Tallahassee, and it's funny, like because they're in Tallahassee, and I was like really involved. I went to school in Tallahassee. Mm -hmm. So I knew people like when I posted this dude's picture on like one of my social media pages, like I have a background in news. So like one of my one of my homegirls who's actually in news, she DM me like, oh, I know this dude. This seemed like some stuff that he would do. Wow. So I was like, oh, OK, he's lucky that I'm a Christian. And like, I just kind of like changed my ways. You know how you went, you don't like to go Tyrone. You just keep it, I just tie. Keep it tie. Yeah. yeah. Like that was, I'm the same way. Like I used to be something different, but you know, I was like, you know what? Maybe this dude needed the money. Um, it, it is what it is. Bro. I just, just want to say, $250, but you said it was two fifty. Yeah. two fifty. I just want to say Tyrone is always for hire. He liked going to Tallahassee. I'm just saying, I got people. <laughs> <out there. laughs> 
don't call me. Tyrone is all. I keep a hoodie on. You know what I'm saying? When it's off, I'm tired. But when it's on, you know what I'm saying? I, I check your DMs tonight. Hey, hey, I can go down there and make it happen. You get all them lenses back. You get all. You get that, that lens. Just buy to be one. Buy one, get one free. When I leave Tallahassee, trust me. Um, because <laughs> I don't play when it comes to my money. I don't play. Uh, what I always say is, don't let the suit fool you. That's right. There you go. See, you even got Tim ready don't to ride. We ride now. Let's go. Tim oh, ready to ride. You think there, he... there? There's a lot of scary people that wear suits. Just, just keep that. Oh in mind. yes. I can oh, see. Yes. I can see Tim coming around the corner with a Tommy gun, just holding on to the whip, like. <laughs> Everybody ready to ride. I'm just saying. We all, there you go. Look, he, he keep one on him. Tim keep one on him at all times. Look, see, see where the finger's at? Yeah. He got here. Yeah. yeah. Don't let Tim fool you. He keep one on him. He packing. Yeah. Packin', packin'. He's so, hey, you know, you know how nice he is. He's showing it to you. Like, if there's, if there's a problem, you know, we can handle this like some gentlemen. And <laughs> it's in the picture. He showed it to you all the time. So you can't say he, uh, can't say he switched up on you because it's been there. I feel like it's. I feel like you pointing that out. It felt like watching Tenet or like watching uh, Inception, and then in the last ten minutes, you get it. That's how I felt when you pointed to it. Like what? It's been there the whole time. Like saw for the first time. It's been there the hey, whole it, it, time. Yeah, it, it's been there, man. I didn't go, see. Go back. Watch all the videos. Granted, that thing. <laughs> it may be old, but it still works. I didn't see it the whole time. It's crazy. It's, and then, and then, right there, look. That's right the last there. guy. That's the last that's guy. The results. That's the last <laughs> that's guy that ran off on the plug. That, that, that's the that's the whole story right there. <laughs> right there. And then you got to earn over there on the other side. That's the other guy <laughs> on the on the other side. Gosh, yeah, Tim. Yeah, okay. Um, when he says scary good marketing, he's not playing. It's scary good. <laughs> So yeah, so uh, yeah, Tim's Tim will make it look like it's an accident. I just leave a whole scene, so you know our price is a little different here, a little more expensive to me. But however, whichever way you want to go, I got people in Tallahassee. You know, it's all good. Um, so you know, anyway, the views and opinions expressed in this live chat is not those of Flash Film Academy. It's only those of Tyrone and not those of Ty. So I just want to uh, you know put that out there just in case they wanted to you know pull the pull the audio. Um, Michael said that there is a scam where people chip in on studio space. Then keep the calendar calendar full so you can't use it. And you're out of $235 a month. Dog, you know how mad I would be. I would be heated, bro, if somebody did that to me. I'd be so mad. Like, it's, are we shooting today? You better scoot over. We showing up. That is crazy, man. That is messed up. Yeah, that's that's not a good look. That's not a good look. Um, You know. Don got the picture of himself in the back. Like he's stomping people back there, man. Like he just finished. Yeah, just finished. Yeah, that's what it looked like back there. You know you a bad man when you keep a picture of you stomping somebody and posing for the picture in the background. I just want to put that out. So, you know, you you got a lot of help out here. I just want to put that out there. You got a whole lot of help out here. I feel like it ain't showing all my screens. Let me see. I got one more person that's make sure I got him on. So, yeah, you know, scams are, I, I, I hate, like, I am a, I don't, I'm, I, I'm come from an area where stealing was just common, and I just don't like thieves, man. I work too hard to get here. I work too hard to acquire what I acquire, and I don't rob nobody. I don't jip nobody. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I, so that is one of the worst things you could do, um, in my opinion, is be a thief. Because if I catch you, I'm not calling the cops. 
So I just want to put that out there. You know what I'm saying? Just real quick. Obviously, Tim not either. He got, you know, last guy he caught is on the, been on every live with him right in the back. So, you know, so any other any other scams you guys run into? Because I kind of want to put them out, put them out there. And that that uh that studio space scam is a trip. It's funny because I see a lot of that here. I see a lot of people who um, have studios and they want to, you know, share it. And I'm just thinking like. You went out and bought this space or leased this space and now you're hurting because you can't live off family portraits and now you want to spread the cost. But I've never seen um, I've never seen it, seen it put into the form of a scam. That that sucks. That sucks. I would be showing up anyway. Like we filmed. I don't know what's going on with created down there, but he got an interesting situation going on down there. I ain't going to put him on a big screen. Oh. Hey, what's up, guys? How y'all been? <laughs> what's going on, bro? Hey, man, I'm just, I'm just on the move, man. Um, I just finished uh, um, filming my first testimonial. Okay. Um, and then I, and then I was just moving to collect uh, some money from a client, and I'm, I'm just on the move right now. I got my assistant with me, and she was just telling me about her hoodie. Um, she got her hoodie. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, right now we're driving to the east side of Denver, so you know you gotta get your hoodie on. I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> I feel. You. But uh, no, um, and yeah, that's why I couldn't jump on the live. Uh, I, I I love how I've been enjoying the, this past few um, marketed tricks that that Tim been putting out there, and and they're great. And I'm I've been kind of like looking a little bit more into that, and 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 explaining to customers that how whatever it is that I create for them, they, they that I hope, because one of the things that I've been asking them is like, do you guys have a team of marketing, a marketing team that you guys are gonna, you know, show this to them? Right. And most of them would say yes. And, but like, I make sure that I kind of put my own, uh, like, I guess my own, my, my grain of salt to, to, to the flavoring. Like I would recommend you do this or that, and to be honest, um, they've been saying, you know what, we're at, that's a great idea. We're gonna suggest that to our telemarket to our te- marketing team, mm-hmm. and they've been they they kind of like they've been they've been performing pretty pretty good. For me, whenever I have done yeah. that, it has opened the door for me to do more for that client because the marketing team is like this is great we need now we need a video talking about what we talk about what we sell on mondays we need a video about what we sell on tuesdays and i'm sure tim can even jump in and tell you about how important it is to have very direct specific video that speaks to a client and then set up a whole campaign around that yeah um actually um that's exactly what i did today um and i know if if tim if you can enlighten me to see if i right or wrong because um, I kind of, with this client that I'm working with they have their, their I looked at their menu and they ha- they have this specific uh, ingredient which is quinoa and it's and, and I looked into that ingredient and it's pretty much a grain it's a seed but it's a grain consider a grain that is pretty much full of protein so that kind of had my gears turning as to you know you work you work in a restaurant you have this item that is full of protein. Why not make a video that is specifically targeted to people that are into fitness? So what I did 
you know, I came up with that idea. And on top of that, I Google searched the nearest gym near their location. And we came to find out that they're surrounded by like 10 or approximately 10 to 15 gyms within their half a mile radius. So I told them like, look, we, you can do this, that, 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 that. And then we'll just create a content directly just to like fitness and, 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 um, and put the benefits of what, what the, you know, that ingredient does to, for their fitness uh, body, you know, and they love it. So we're just going to be moving on towards that content. And then we're going to be moving towards creating content based on their other items that they, they, they have in the restaurant and based on what it's going to be playing on the month. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that, that got Tim going over there. Like, protein, you got all them gyms around you? I'm going to let yeah, you jump man, in. I'm going to let you get some of that. I'm like, I already got like six different ad campaigns <laughs> you can run. So, <laughs> I mean, like I said, so restaurant, the, the restaurant industry is one that we work in quite a bit. Um, Rodney knows we're we're pushing a, 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 something out to a few restaurants to kind of help them understand marketing and advertising a little bit better. I'm not going to go into all that because that's not really relevant in this sense. But yeah, I mean, even like what you were saying with like the quinoa, that kind of stuff. One is I'm like health conscious people probably already know what quinoa is. Like to me, like I'm not going to say I'm very health conscious, but we work in so many different industries. Like the fitness industry is really big. So everyone knows that kind of stuff. But the same thing is I'm like, I would even just look at, you know, like what's their serviceable area? and find all the people because one is like in facebook youtube any of that stuff you can probably just target people that actually like quinoa mm -hmm. and then one thing that i would do is and like i said this is just my marketing mind exploding <laughs> one is what i would do is i would literally be like hey you know like we're right here located right next to all these gyms if you come in show us your gym membership and we'll give you you know what any other health related stuff that they have maybe if you order one of our like quinoa dishes you can get xyz thing in conjunction with that or you know oh. because the, the big thing is as a restaurant you got to get people in they got to try the food if they like it then they will continue to come back time and time again i mean there's so many things that you can do but yeah i think that you're definitely on the right track of looking at like what kind of foods that they have that kind of stuff there, there's so many different campaigns that they could run, but you as a content creator, that's really the big thing is like capturing those things. And honestly, my big thing that I tell a lot of people is I'm like, one is I would just go to them and be like, what are the things that people love the most? Like, what is your top selling item? Cover those things, right? Cover like your top selling items, cover, you know, maybe the health related food. Um, and then the same thing is like, do they have something that's maybe trendy? Not all restaurants do, but is there something that's trending that is maybe for like the millennial generation? That's something that's very yeah. like, does it look cool? Does it look whatever? Any like, of that kind like of stuff. Like the McRib. And create those kinds yeah. of, you know. That's and the, the nice, you know, and the nice thing is, is you can pretty much target anything. Like mm -hmm. we've worked with a few restaurants where it's like, we target people because maybe we run an ad that's for pizza. We target people that like pizza, but then the upsell that we have is wings. So we target people that like wings and they also have to like pizza and they have to be within a serviceable area. And like, go ahead, Ty. No, I'm just saying I like wings and pizza. I'm just chubby on here. But, just being chubby. I mean, so like, that's the thing. And then we create a really good ad campaign 
right? And then we'd go to somebody like you, a content creator, if we're not working with a client in the same state and we're not doing that kind of stuff, then we would work with a content creator and this is exactly what we need shot. These are the kinds of things and like crafting that kind of message. And yeah, I mean, there's really, like I said, I, we, I can go on forever, especially in the restaurant industry. There's just a lot of things that you can do, but I definitely think that you're on the right track there. I, right on. I, I, can go ahead, on for, I, I was just saying, I can go on forever in the industry too, but it had nothing to do with marketing. Mostly doesn't do it because I'm fat, but I'm gonna let you jump in. What you about to say? Oh man. I, and we're, we're hungry right now. Me and my girl, we're hungry. Yeah. I'm on we're DoorDash. Like, right now. Like, like, we're trying to decide where we're going to go eat right now. But, uh, um, I was gonna say, you know, that's I might, or I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I should get talk to you as far as, um, because I can come up with ideas like that. Like I can go, I can sit down with a client and literally just look, and like, I will, first I, I look at their social media content on their website, and I study them, and I can see what they need, because I, I can see what they need, what they could use, what they have that could be improved. And then once I go into their establishment, like my mind just go crazy. Like you can do this, you can do that. But I don't tell them everything. I just tell them like one good idea. Cause I think if I tell them like, they'll be like, you, you're pretty crazy guys. Like <laughs> get out of here. Uh, um, like I'll just tell them like, I stick because they can see me. Like if you're with them, you can see me. How I'm just literally like doing this. And I start going, I tell them an idea and, and but with you is that I could probably get with you first so I can develop a campaign and then based on that like my mind if you tell me like you can do this like if I consult with you and you can just tell me like you we can you can create this type of campaign for that and I'll and you know I'll take that idea to this to the to my clients or future clients and say this will be the benefits of that for your restaurant and i will already have the shots you know and i would just get them so that to me is like a good um eye opener you know let me ask you a quick question tim you guys do any like white labeling is, is it something that and, and i want to speak to all the content creators would we be able to come to your marketing company with our client and say this is the idea that we have can we get this through you to help the campaign with our client yeah, so we we don't always do, like I said, I, I won't always say we don't ever do white labeling. We don't normally do white labeling. The big thing that we do is like, for us, one is obviously we do do video production work. We do do some of that, but it's really, it depends on the client, depends on what we're wanting to do. But right, like if I get a client in Florida, I'm, I'm not in Florida, right? So like we got to hire somebody out there to do it. We got to do that kind of stuff. But realistically, like to me, I'm like, I leave that up to that content creator to come up with a price. To me, I would much rather be like, hey, this is the guy that you need, like pay whatever they got to do. Because one is like, we deal with sales all the time, like selling is what we do. So like, to me, I can sell somebody on something and that's, that's totally fine. So like, even if you're not good at the selling part, we can help you get that client the thing is, is like for us as an agency, there's a lot more on the back end that we do. Like, I can't just be like, hey, go do this. Because if that company doesn't have that infrastructure or the know-how, then your content isn't, not that it's not valuable. They may just 
think that this is going to happen, but because they don't have the systems in place, it may fall flat and then they're going to blame you, even though it's not your fault, right? It's their inability or their lack of knowledge. Cause right. Like I can go and tell you like, Hey, have an email campaign, do X, Y, Z, whatever. But like, if you still can't convince them or tell them how to set it up, or even if they don't even know how to set it up, they may be like, well, we sent it out in an email, but they didn't actually, they only did one out of 10 steps. They're still going to blame you. Right. And that's kind of the unfortunate yeah. thing, right? Like for us, that's the big thing that we've learned is like, I can't just be like, here's a bunch of leads. Good luck. <laughs> like we have, like there's stuff that we have in place to literally tell the client, like, look, I sent you this lead and it took you two and a half days to call them. That's why that lead didn't work. But if we didn't have those things, like, and that's all from trial and error, right? Like I can send them and they're like, those leads are terrible. And I'm like, well, you took two weeks to call them. That's why they're not interested. But they'll tell you, oh no, we called them all and nobody like nobody wanted to buy. Because the mm -hmm. one thing is, and I'm not, clients will lie to you sometimes and what they <laughs> do. So you have to have like some of those, those checks and balances as well. But the big thing like, especially in restaurants and, and Rodney kind of knows because we've kind of talked a little bit about this. So we actually have, and I'll just mention it briefly, but we have a challenge that we're trying to get off the ground, trying to get restaurants in because we know that restaurants are kind of struggling. And the, the concept behind it is, so the name of the challenge is the seven day restaurant revenue challenge. Where in seven days, I'm going to teach a restaurant, whether that's the owner, their marketing team, whatever, how to start generating revenue in seven days with marketing systems and strategies. The thing is though, they're going to need a video person. They're going to need all this stuff that we can't provide. We can teach mm. them how to do it, but that's where you would come in to fill that gap, right? So that's kind of more like what we kind of do. Of course, like if a client wants to hire us to do the marketing and advertising, then we would essentially, I would go to you and be like, this is the kind of video we need. These are, you know, kind of the stuff. And we would work more collaboratively. Like, I'm not just like, do this, do this, do this. I'm like, like you're there, you're kind of the boots on the ground. You can kind of see the things that we can't necessarily see, right? We can only see what people want to show us, but we work more on a collaborative basis that way. And that's kind of more so of, of how it is. Like I said, that's why I don't want to say that we do white labeling, but we do, we always need people to be able to create content, people that understand that stuff. And for us, like, everything that we do like we have about 17 different ad video just video ad frameworks and i can give you a document that's like this is what this kind of ad needs this is like the story this is the framework this is all of that stuff because it's designed to sell somebody based on a specific like I said, whether it's a market, whether it's like uh, objection handling, whatever it is and what that business needs based on what we can see on the advertising side and the whole grand scope of things. Like I said, I know that there, there's so many technical things, but that's really kind of how we do it. So hopefully that kind of clears it up to some of you guys. No, for sure. One, you know. one thing we can agree on, though, is that we're not going to go to jail for Michael's companies. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because right now that, that's where i'm at right now i'm at the point of like um the products that i like that, that i that i am offering 
uh, to these restaurants. Like, you know, now I have two products, I guess I can say, that I can offer to these restaurants, which is a welcoming type of video. Like, them showing their location, explaining where they are, what they do, what kind of food, and stuff like that, Who, what they do, what kind of, you know, a welcoming type of video. And then I have, obviously, now the, the a catering service video that it provides me a guideline. I, I built this guideline or a template, I say, that, that, that I can take it to any restaurant or food truck or catering services, explain, like, look, you need this type of video to put on to your website, explaining A, B, and C, and how it's easier for you to provide the services other than these other catering services. So I have both products now, but now I want to um, expand like other products as far as like, uh, like uh, I'm thinking like if you sell, what is your less, like to me, like when you said uh, offer the, the, the food that sells the most, that that's a that's a great idea. Cause I was thinking also like, like I remember one of one of the one of the videos that Ty that Ty has done in the past is like, how come you're not selling too many red cars? Oh, because we're not showing red cars. So how about we make a video about basically showing red cars, and then you start showing them more and hopefully with the potential of selling more. So in my mind, I was like, well, if you're not selling, let's say this type of item, your number four combo, how about we start showcasing the number four combo? And that's kind of like, I'm starting to look more into other outs outsourcing those kind of ideas so I can get, um, you know, that kind of inspiration or like, for example, I think I'm learning that in marketing, in like in marketing to create content, there, well, I'm not, I don't think, there's four ways and, and Tim, you know, enlighten us to see if, where I got this or it's right or wrong and they're saying that there's four categories which is entertainment content, inspiring content, promotional content, and educational content. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, I definitely think that those are there. Um, the other thing is like to me, I think that objection handling is definitely a piece of content because right, like if you can essentially answer somebody's question or an objection that they have before they even ask you, like that's the biggest thing, especially in sales, right? And even with okay. a restaurant, like every business has objection handling, right? So if you can answer that before they even ask, I think that that's key, right? So I'm trying to think of, I mean, there is a whole bunch. Um, so I think that like, like you said, like educational, what were the other ones? Sorry, I'm listening, uh, but my, my no, brain's okay. like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh educational so create mm -hmm. content around their educational services uh and then inspiring content mm -hmm. which is like how yeah. they got there how the history yeah, of their story, business kind of um right and then promotional which whatever whatever they sell and then um educational inspiring uh promotional and entertainment, like something funny, funny that they do, or how how they could, they pretty much keep keep themselves busy within their feet, people's feet lines, you know. And yeah. then obviously the obstacles and stuff like that. So that's what I'm yeah. learning, and I'm kind of like, like I'm I'm kind of like turning my gears to create those kind of content 
for the restaurant industry you know yeah and, and to me i think that there's definitely there's there's a lot of kind of content i i definitely think that everything kind of can fit into those and you can really consolidate things down to me where i get excited is like if you can like i said like even with like the quinoa thing like figure out like in every restaurant right and depending on the restaurant there's specific things right like the a good example is like olive garden right not not that i'm a big fan of olive garden or like whatever but my thing is is i'm like they their menus appeal to everyone right so even in somebody that right like if you look at their kids menu they have like chicken nuggets they have like cheeseburgers like you don't go to (laughs) olive garden to get chicken nuggets but they still appeal to certain people and I think by even highlighting some of those things that maybe some people may not know is a good thing, right? Because it's just like anything, like if you don't tell people that you have something, how do you expect them to buy it? But the, the same thing, like what I was saying is like, the, the reason we go after like, what is the top selling product is if that's the top selling product, it's easier to sell because it's proven. Not that less okay. selling products are not proven, right? Because maybe they just haven't marketed enough. Maybe they haven't done any of that. But the big thing is, is especially when you're working with a client is figure out what are those quick wins that you can have with them? Because if you can have those quick wins, they're going to continue to see you as the expert. They're going to see you as somebody that can actually solve their problem. And I think that that's where, and I know that uh, Ty kind of talks about this and, and just things in general where, if you go in thinking like, oh, you need a video for your website to do X, Y, Z. Well, if that client, like if that's not what they need and if that doesn't, even if that's what they need, but it doesn't really, they don't see an immediate result, it's less likely that they're gonna continue to hire you time and time again, right? Okay. It's just like, if I, if I went into your business and I was like, here's this one thing and that, and we changed that one thing and it made you, within like a couple of hours, you're going to come back because it's like, dang, like that one little thing made that big. And it doesn't even, it doesn't have to be something super grandiose, but if they can see some kind of immediate return, Mm -hmm. that's how you can continue to have a client for life because right. Obviously you want to make sure that you set right expectations. You don't want to be like, I'm going to do this video and you're going to get $10,000 in you know, two hours. You don't want to do yeah. that. I mean, no, granted, no, no. there's some people out there that'll tell you that. And I'm like, no wonder your business is failing. <laughs> right. That, that's, yeah. that's for a I whole. Like, I don't think, I think the only expectations that I put on the people that I create content on the, on the restaurants that I create content is pretty much, I tell them, you will get uh, more people to notice this item a little bit more and um and 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 bring attention to it and at least get it move, moving and i pretty much tell them that i i, I don't uh, that they will get a different audience to pay more attention to their item that's all i tell them like i don't i'm not telling i'm not telling them a dream i'm just telling i'm just telling them that with this you're going to get this type of exposure that is going to reach this type of person that is a potential new client for you for for them to come and eat at your restaurant and that's it like i don't tell them like we're and you know it's going to sell you more of course you know it's going to be like no nah, i don't i don't tell them that because then i put myself against the wall and then what if it don't and then goodbye yeah um michael i think you had a question 
Yeah, this goes to Tim, actually. Um, this is going to what you just said about like explaining. You know, you're not just saying, hey, do this video. You're actually being the diagnosing doctor. For So here's here's a question for you. I just talked to a dentist manager. She's the she's the gatekeeper. She makes all the decisions for marketing and all that. And I went in there and went in, not just a salesperson. I went in there as a doctor and I said, what problem do you have right now that you need, you're trying to solve? And it was so broad in general. So I tried it more specific. I said, what uh, problem do you have right now that video content could be, could be used as a solution? And she said, a video for patients to explain their implants or whatever. So it was explain. If, if I'm reading this right, it was it was um, uh, explainer video. A rough sense, it's an explainer video. My question to you, Tim, is you just said it right there that this the video is supposed to give some kind of turnaround to them. Like I didn't know how to explain how this video is going to help them get more clients or whatever. She told me the problem, but. I know I could do the content, but I didn't know how to explain to them how is this video going to solve their problem. They told me what that was. They told me, okay, this is a quote-unquote explainer video. But I didn't know what's the parameters or how do I know that the video is success. I didn't know how to answer that and stuff like that. Real quick, if you had to summarize what her problem was, what was it? Her problem was that the uh, there was patients were misunderstanding what goes in the process of an implant. Okay, there, there's several okay. steps. Pause right there. So, what okay. would it take for that problem to be solved? Like, like a video will solve that problem by making sure that patients fully understand what it is, so they get less less patients yeah. backing out, so they may get higher retention. They're gonna get a lot from patients fully understanding what the process is going to be. Okay. So it may, the result may be less patients canceling or patients feeling more confident or more patients signing up for it. It may not necessarily, the answer may not always be for clients that want content is more money, more people. Sometimes it's just to make processes go smoother or not having all our staff, you know, spending hours of, of my labor costs explaining this every single time to a client. You know what I mean? So that okay. that sometimes their problems are the, the solution to their problem aren't just they aren't direct money based with new clients. It could be saving labor cost or okay. or, or other things. But Tim, I'll let you jump in. And yeah, you, I just didn't know yeah. how to answer that. Yeah. The, the other thing that I would ask them is like, what specifically about implants or what it like? What is the specific thing that you hear time and time again? And then the, the other thing that I like to do is like, if they're like, oh, it's, you know, like how long the procedure is, then I'd be like, okay, like, let's say that video, like I was able to come in and we were able to shoot a video to explain that. How would that change the business? Like, because to me, like, I want them to sell me on why. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply that video like the important part right and they're like oh man you know like 
we would not have to feel like I wouldn't get 10,000 emails. And then I'd be like, okay, so like, if you didn't have to answer 10,000 emails, what would that like, why is, you know, or even, I'm sorry, I could even ask like, why is answering 10,000 emails that big of a problem? They'd be like, oh, well, you know, like, I really would much rather spend time doing this or doing this or, or X, Y, Z. And then that's, in my opinion, that's what I'm selling them is, is like, okay, like our video, the problem that we're solving is that you're going to have more time to actually work with um, the patients, right? Maybe they're, they're actually, you know, a hygienist that's actually cleaning people's teeth and that's what they actually enjoy doing, not doing, answering email after email yeah. after email. I'd be like, and to me, like I said, that comes with a lot more sales experience, like that kind of stuff. Um, especially yeah, that was, within your niche. Especially that, that, was your niche. The that was the problem. I was like, I didn't know how to make a product out of that, of that problem. Like video yeah. content is the content. So let me phrase that. Video content is the product, but I didn't know how to divert it or mold it in a way that could be used as, hey, I could take this product now and move it to another dentist or something like that. I didn't yeah. know how to say that. Like, the, the thing is this, though, by living within that niche, you're going to have a better understanding of it over time. I'm going to be real with you. If you jump from weed to dentist, it's two totally the, the answers and what may is going to be yes, weird. Yes, you're, you're totally right. I, you're totally right. Like, again, yeah, the pivot was there. That yeah, was the pivot. That was, was the pivot. weed lawyers or dentists. Like, those that's kind a of big things. pivot, bro. That's a big, like, that's a U-turn. That's not a pivot. <laughs> okay, fine. U-turn. All right. Gosh, semantics here. Goodness gracious. But, I mean, so, the, so, so as you continue to work with dentists, like, you'll, one, you'll understand the problems that they run into a lot. And like, let's say if this is client four and you've heard that, you have heard that before and you already know something you can put in place to help that. And you'll know by client five or six that dentists want to save cost on labor by not having to explain this to clients all the time. And there's something that was said earlier that I took notes because I knew it was going to be like I wanted to make sure I touched on it was um, was touching on objection handling. And, and my thing, and I've said it before, is creating content that handles objections i like to use client testimonials to do so so i like clients i like a dental client to explain you know the issue and let them talk about how they overcame it before i have a dentist touch it so instead of me having a dentist come on and say we're going to explain blah 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 i like a testimonial where a client is saying they, create, they showed us a video that explained step by step what the procedure was. So I knew exactly what I was going to you know, go through by having this procedure to hear it from another client sells it way more than you, I or a dentist could ever sell it. Because if I'm looking to get something done, if I'm looking to get my car painted and it's something that I'm kind of going through um, one of my cars painted. I want to hear other people who got their car painted. I don't want the, the mechanic or the or the guy that's spraying like we're going to spray it real good. No, I want somebody saying, you know what? I almost didn't go with this shop because I wasn't sure about him, but I went with him and my car is beautiful. Here, take a look at it. I trust that person more than the person that's working there or the owner. I just, you know what I'm saying? And you would too. That's why camera companies send cameras out to all the YouTubers so the YouTubers can say, oh, this camera is great. We love it because Sony can tell you it's great all day. And you're like, yeah, okay, I, I don't really believe you. But if you get three of your top YouTubers say, I use this camera and all my shots are cinematic now and I got shallow depth of field for everything, 
people go out and buy it. So, you know, once you get into, and I'm trying to relate it to exactly, you know, your point and not just, you know, um, handling objections with testimonials, but what they're pretty much trying to do is they're trying to speed up a process that's obviously draining so much of their resources that they don't want to continue to do it that way. So your, your cinematic solution is providing all of that information in a method that they can just hit play and go do something else with that time. So that is what you bring to the table. I am going to shorten your day or shorten or lighten your workload by creating content that explains just this. And you don't have to have somebody go through it. And I'm going to make sure that each client get the same information the same way every time. So you won't have a dental assistant that's having a bad day that's rushing through all of the steps. And now you got a client that that, that they didn't really touch on the fact that they're not supposed to eat eight hours before the the surgery or whatever, you know, because that, because that dental assistant skipped over it. You have a video that's the same every single time. So that is a, the product that I'm offering you is an explainer video based on what the procedure is. And as a content creator, the money, the, the money thing comes into play because they have multiple procedures. So those are multiple videos. Um, I think you, Tim, you want to say something? Yeah, and, and with that, the, the big thing that we do and, and one of the things that I always um, recommend people to do is really dig deep into why they need that. Because I don't know how many times that we've gone to somebody and they're like, we really want Facebook advertising. And then I'm like, okay, like, why do you want to do, like, why Facebook versus anything else? And they're like, oh, because of this, this, this. And they may not be educated enough to realize that what they may have read on a blog post somewhere from some random person is not actually going to benefit them. And that's why like I said, you want to dig deep into like why that is, because I don't know how many times people have been like, we want to get a, a video on our website because it's going to do X, Y, Z, whatever. And I'm like, well, actually, instead of maybe doing a video on your website, maybe we should do a video here that goes in an email. Right. Because if you have a big email list and let's say the conversion rates aren't that high, like this is where we're going to see the best results, not necessarily here because the client only knows what they know. Right. So you want to dig deep in that and, and really find like, why is it that they want that thing? Right. Is it. And, and of course, it always comes down to either time, money, um, energy, resources, any of those things. But you want to really consolidate it down because that's essentially you're selling them on that they're not going to have to do that thing, right? They're not going to have to spend as much money. They're not going to have to spend as much time. They're not going to have to spend, you know, resources, X, Y, Z, whatever. And then the, the same thing is if you go to the next person and, and they're like, yeah, we really want this. And you can be like, oh, well, is that because it's costing you, you know, time? Like, would you rather be doing this? And they're like, yes. Like, and I know Ty talks about this, right? And it's like, yes, like, I would much rather be doing that instead of answering 10,000 emails. And that's where they are like, dang, like, how do you know what I've been thinking all these years? Yep. And that's why they hire you because they feel understood. And that's the big thing. And so to me, I'm like, I always ask like, why, like, like, why don't you like answering 10,000 emails? Even though I may know the answer because nobody likes answering emails, but if they say it, it's a lot more powerful if it comes out of their mouth or a customer's mouth than if you tell them. So that's like the big thing um, in that. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm hoping at some point we're going to be coming out with some sales videos 
like I said, YouTube is a, a crazy beast in itself. So one, one of the analogies that I've used that kind of expressed this was when you go to the doctor and you say, oh, doc, my back hurt. Give me some drugs. And the doctor's like, well, why does your back hurt? That's just hurting. Just give me some drugs. And the doctor determines that you need insoles. You probably need a new mattress. Like I can give you drugs, but when you leave here and you, you run through them, you're going to be back to ask me for another subscription, uh, subscription, prescription. But a, a knee brace, a, a insole, and a mattress will help you much better. And, and sometimes you have to ask clients, why do you need a video? Just like you were saying. But this is the key star asterisk to that. It needs Once it's within your niche and you've worked in this niche over and over again, you'll 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 be able to answer those questions it's hard doing it for everybody like like uh you know that's why they have specific different type of doctors that work on different parts of the body that can look at problems and have different solutions um and and once you are once you've worked with you gotta you know you got a few beta testers and you're in that market you'll understand them a lot better just like certain doctors understand parts of the body a, a little better um, and you'll be able to to give those solutions um, and create the content based on those solutions. Go, it's you know it's just a it it takes time for you to, to get sharp on it. You know what I'm saying? And that's just what everybody in any niche you decide this is what I'm gonna do. It just takes time to get sharp. But once you get sharp, when you walk into a client's office and you are able to speak to them like like no other content creator has has ever been you will have a client for life. Like they, they would have hired you two, two sentences into the conversation in their mind, you know, and it doesn't matter what it costs. Go for it, bro. You're muted. I can't hear you. You're muted. There we go. How about now? I hear you. Okay. So it happened about a week ago when I was doing this pivot thing and I came up regressing a little bit about scarcity. I felt I saw a lot of video production companies in my area, in just in my county alone. And I'm like, is there, do I have a chance to even push up a, you know, be a video, a one man video production company? You know, it, what I'm trying to get at Ty is, I'm only one per I'm only one person right now and I'm working a nine to five and I could, I only put about roughly, I'd say two hours max every day till I, and I'm, I'm at the process right now. Uh, uh, several members of uh, flash film have, I've told some people about like, I'm at a state right now where I'm not, progressing enough or in my mind I'm not really progress I'm not really progressing into the point and I feel like I'm gonna be left behind. I gonna listen and, let, yeah. me, let me address that real quick because that is certainly there's some things that the market don't matter, right? The more people in the market tells me there's more business in the market. So the idea that it's saturated is is never enough. Don't don't ever think that. Um because they don't specialize in what you specialize in. They're just they're everywhere. You know what I'm saying? The goal is to be specific. And even just our conversation, we've we've touched on two to three niches. So you have to pick one niche and say, this is what I'm going in. Like, I'm going all in on this niche. Like, if I'm a dude dentist, 
I'm going all in on dentists. I'm not I'm not even talking to nobody else outside of that. I'm not worrying about it. I am going to build a brand that cater to dentists and I am going to go straight for that. And I'm going to learn about that. I'm going to learn about how they move, how they operate, how to talk to them. When is the best time to talk to them? When is the best time to call them? Who should I even be dealing with within the office? Because it's. If you don't dedicate your time to it like that, if you don't dedicate your mind and your brain to it and you jump around too quick, you won't be good at anything. It's difficult to be excellent when you're going from a lawyer to a dentist because just the way they operate, just personality wise, is completely different. I'll be frank with you. That's what happened to me in the past two weeks. I've jumped so many times because it scared me. It, I'll be honest with you. Distribution of Facebook and all that. It. I went on a, I went on a snowball effect. It's like, okay, F, what the heck? I don't know what to do. Okay, let me go with this. Oh, man, uh, lawyers. And that's where I was at. And that's why I'm here right now with you guys because mm-hmm. I need to hone in. And I'm a little bit confused at times. So. Pick, pick a niche that you like. Don't chase the money. Pick something that you can talk about, that you love to talk about, that you're that you know about, and marry it. And stick with it, ride or die. It's like I'm a Lions fan. We just we ain't winning nothing, but I ain't going nowhere. We ain't even got a quarterback no more. I don't even, you know what I'm saying? But that's my squad. I'm rolling with them. We was 0-16. I was repping like, yo, because we went, uh, you know, we won all the preseason game. We was the preseason champions and then went 0-16. That's my squad. I'm, I can tell you about the Lions night and day. That's what I'm sticking to. So you got to pick a niche, build your brand around it. And you got to realize, too, Without a brand that's built to attract that niche, you're not attractive to that niche. You're walking in saying, yo, let me hook you up. And they're like, well, what's your company name? You know, this, that photography. What's your website? It got something else different on it. So they they don't have, they're not motivated to do business with you because your niche is not designed to work with them. Just like you're not motivated to take your, your car when you got car problems to a plumber. You're just not motivated to do it. And the plumber is like, yo, I'm switching to car repair, bro. I'm about to really dive into it. I'm about to love it. I'm about to do it. Let me fix your car. And you're like, nah, I'm going over to the place that's actually called an auto shop. So you have to make sure that you choose what you want to do and you stay within that lane. I guarantee you, if you pick dental video and you look at all those other companies that you that's in your area that you feel like popping up, none of them are exactly, they're doing exactly what you're doing. So, so they don't even really matter. Go for it, bro. So just to kind of like add on to this topic of like niching. So I niched down to like pretty much like two, two to three just topics instead of offering a lot of, you know, a wide range of services. Now I'm thinking about niching down even further uh, to your point of like choosing one thing and sticking to that. Now, if I have a social media presence in my marketing, like where I'm showing these uh, other two niches, like should I just start another page and start marketing other, like to do that? Okay. Because I'm thinking like, all right, so I mean, like would I attract my clients and not attract them by not having that, I mean, um, that content? On think of it like this. If I'm a plumber and I'm going to be a car repair guy, right? What What is it about plumbing that would make you want – to, that would make you bring your car to me nothing you see me with a whole bunch of plumbing on my website and i'm like i do car repair it may turn you off you may say nah you're doing something different bro i'm not coming to you 
So, and, and, and that is literally how clients look at you. And I was, when I, when this first clicked, I was like, what? I had a mentor tell me like, you're doing weddings and you're doing corporate events on the same page. How? Like, and I was like, what do you mean? It's the same thing. Like, like what's the difference between a, a corporate party, a corporate event, a wedding? There's no difference to a photographer is not a difference to a person that's looking to hire the best person available. It's a huge difference. So if you look like everything, they're not going to trust you with anything. You want to be the subject matter expert who do this. And I'll give you an example. If, if just simple stuff, if, if Tim came on and Tim said, I'm a professional fisherman, let's talk marketing. You would be like, I don't really know about this guy. He talking about bass and big, large mouth bass and lures too much. I don't really know about this guy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you just wouldn't. So when clients are holding money and they're looking to spend money and, and let's, Throw out money when you're a business owner because your time is money, right? When they want to invest time in you, as even as a beta client, they're they're getting something for free, but they don't know that yet, and they're they're risking their time to find out. They want to make sure they risk their time with the person who looks like they're here to do business. You know what I'm saying? If somebody showed up to your 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 business and they had on a uniform and they got a car with a camera on it. I much rather roll the dice with them than then somebody that just ran in like, yo, we going to shoot everything. And like, shoot, what you talking about? So, you know what I'm saying? So it's important to, it's important that you are intentional with your brand yourself to go down that lane. If you want and success, I want to, I want to add to her. I'm not being intentional. Then. That's what I've been. I've been jumping around so many times and, and I feel like I just wasted three weeks. And the thing is this, when you, all the changes you need to make don't involve the person that's in front of you. It involves you. You got to make that change with you. That's, that's a, that's a inner, that's a man in the mirror moment that got to get, that got to get that guy right before you go out and, and try to, cause if you, if within yourself you haven't decided who you are in this industry, what you do well, why you want to do it, you can never sell that to somebody that's holding on to their money because they won't buy it because you haven't bought it. They're not going to buy that for free. I'm not even going to give you my time for free. It's the equivalent of having a client that don't know what they want, why they want it, when they want it, where okay. they want it. My reasoning is fear. Like you said before, it's the fear of missing out. And you're talking to a person who's been, uh, like, we explained, but I'm, I'm reiterating here. My fear is I've done photography for 15 years. Videography is brand new to me, like, year, not even barely a year. So I feel like I to broaden my horizon, I need to do that in order to hone in. Now, you're telling me to just hone in straight away. Yep. Because that, that's something. what I did in photography. I went. I didn't know what I was doing in photography, and then later on, I got I honed down to what I want, liked, and stuff like that. But you're saying just yep. stick to your guns and stick. Pick what you like and what you can talk about. What do you know well, and do it. Every every failure will be a lesson attached to it. So you're gonna fall forward, but you can't fall forward if you're going in every direction. You got to go in one direction to fall forward. Good running backs take the ball. Even if they get hit in the backfield, they falling forward. When you're going in every direction, you're going to fall to the side. You're going to fall back. The goal is to fall and fail forward. You can't do that if you're trying to, if you're trying to run every direction. You got to be like, okay, 
This is what, because that's, because really, I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm just going to be really, 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 really just blunt with you. It falls into the level of laziness of not determining where I want to go with my life. I'm just going to take, I'm just going to go where the wind blow me. Wherever, if I go somewhere and they like what I do, I guess I'm going to do that. It don't work like that. If I, I'm, I'm just going to shoot everything and whoever call me back and say, I want to pay you, I'm just going to go do that. Don't work like that. You have to look in the mirror and make the decision that I am a dental photographer. That's what I want to learn about. That's what I want to live. That's what I want to do. I'm going to go after that. And I'm going to educate myself well enough in that so I can walk into a dental office and say and have an intelligent conversation about dentistry to the point where they know I know what I'm talking about. So when I move them, when we talk over or switch over to the idea of content, they already know I know what I'm talking about. It'll almost make them seem less intelligent not to go with a videographer who walked in the door, who understands the business. You have to pick it. Do not let the either you going to happen to life or life going to happen to you. If you happen to life, you get to choose your path, your journey, how much money you make, everything. If life happened to you, it's just wherever I'm just going, wherever the wind take me. So you have to be intentional and say, this is what I want to be. Then you can be, it's just like a goal. When you set a goal, you, you, you back, like not backdate it, but you build up to it, right? You, you, you set a goal and then you design your way to get to that goal. If you just say, I just want to be great. Well, at what? I don't know. We let, you got to determine what that is. So my bad. I know we had two people that wanted to jump in was, uh, Don, you had your hand up, Don, Tim and, and create it, but go ahead. Yeah, Michael, I think first thing is you have to recognize that you do have an expertise in some area. You are a talented dude. Um, what I'm imagining just in listening to you is that you're in a meeting and you're thinking, I need to impress this person right away. And in reality, you could probably do a lot by asking some really good questions and just like leaning back and not being eager and acknowledging that they have expertise that you can learn from. And you can listen to the types of words that they use to describe their problems. You can listen to the types of solutions they've tried in the past and, and how that has worked for them or not worked for them. And then you can just think, you know, that's interesting. I think there's something there and we can build some content that will help solve that problem. Pax, definitely. Uh, Tim, I think you have something to say too. Yeah, and the, the big thing is, is so like, I think that a lot of people think that they have to go in with all the answers, all the solutions, all the things. I don't know how many times that I've gone into a meeting and I've talked with somebody and they'll ask me a question. And if I don't know the answer, I'll literally just tell them like, hey, you know, that's a really good question. I Nobody's ever asked me that before. I don't have a good answer for that. But let me go out and do the research for you. And let me get back to you on that. Because one okay, is like... Pause it for a second. Does that feel that I become incompetent then? Nope. No. Nope. Okay. No, because because the thing is, is if I asked you, like if I asked you, I don't know, right now, like, hey, what is the best converting email that you have? I don't know what the best converting email that you have. I don't even know if you have email, right? If you don't know either, I don't lose anything because you don't know either, right? It's okay if somebody else doesn't know, right? But the big thing is, is like, if you tell them, like, I'm going to go and find that out for you. One is 
actually go find that out because it's it's easy for me to be like, oh, I don't know, but let me go find that out. And then if I if you never hear back from me, I lose credibility. Mm-hmm. But if I go and I come back and I'm like, hey, you know, like here's all the things that I found. Like here's articles. Here's like something that Forbes magazine had. Here's something that uh, the American dentist industry had to say about those things. Now you're showing that you are willing to put in the effort, willing to actually step up for that client to answer those questions, right? Because I, I always see this all the time is people will just like make something up. That client will take that. They'll go and do some research and be like, you don't know what the heck you're talking yep. about. And to me, it's it's a lot better to be honest and actually go and do the work for that client. Because like I said, I don't have all the answers. I don't know everything. And there's every day, there's stuff that I've never even heard of. And we go out and we do our research on it to kind of see, you know, what it is. Is it something that makes sense? Does it even make sense for us? And being able to bring that to, to people. And I think that if you show that, I think that, that that's definitely something that no other company is doing, right? And that's the thing is like, I don't go into a meeting thinking that I know everything. I go in there like I have maybe an idea of what I want to talk about, but there has been plenty of times where I've gone in thinking that this is what I think we're going to talk about. And it's completely has nothing to do with that. And you, that's why you want to ask the, the client, do that kind of stuff. And, and especially going into a new industry, a new niche, the best thing is talk to people. I mean, even get onto your Facebook page and be like, hey, you know, I really want to get into dentistry videos is are there any dentists out there that would be willing to you know talk with me for maybe 20 minutes like you know i'll i'll you know pay you know send you a starbucks gift card and i know ty talks about this a lot too and just sit down with them and and ask them questions like be like like i don't want to sell you anything i don't know much about this industry like let me learn as much as I can. Like, what are some of the big problems that you face every single day? Like, if there was somebody that could solve that problem, like, what are those things, like, what would that look like, right? Like, if you hired a video person, like, what would get you to hire them? What makes you feel comfortable with them? Like, and that's the whole thing is don't go in, like, trying to sell that client. All you're doing is learning as much as possible. And to me, I'm like, I would go, I would find books on, you know, is there books out there on dentist market marketing and advertising strategies? I would go and look at like, who is the top dentist in my area? And then who is the top dentist in the US? What are they doing? What do they have? What do they like do all that kind of stuff? And really just learn as much as you can read dentistry books like if you were going to be a dentist like what are the what's the terminology that they use what are the things that they like like all of that stuff helps you sound and really make them feel like you know who they are right because all industries have terminology right like we have f-stop we have shutter speed we have that and if you go and talk to somebody that knows nothing about cameras they're like i don't know nothing right but if you talk to another photographer, you feel a connection there. And it's because yep. you can speak the same language. And that's the exact same thing that you want to do. Right. And at first, right, like when you got into cameras, you didn't know what an f-stop was. You didn't know what ISO was. You didn't know. You learned all of those things because it was interesting. And that's how you really have to look at your niche, your industry, whatever it is, 
you have to take that same kind of mentality and really just do as much as possible in there, you know, and, and the, the, the other big thing is right. Like if you're going to get into dentistry, I would recommend like, like for us, like when we work with like restaurant clients, cause that's what we were talking about before we have specific pages that I only send to restaurant clients. Like it says everything about restaurants. Like they can go and see our general stuff. But anytime that I'm talking with a restaurant, we put out marketing materials, it goes to a specific page that only shows restaurant stuff, it shows past clients, it shows here are like strategies that are specific to restaurants, even though that that strategy may work for dentists or chiropractors or whoever else, they want to see other restaurants, right? Just like our seven day restaurant revenue challenge, it only talks to restaurants. Like, I'm not going to send a dentist there because that doesn't make sense, right? So that's the big thing is we use specific things. I mean, we'll even just buy domain names that are specific to that, right? Like we have a few products that have scary good and then whatever that product name is. So we still have branding, but it's specific to that industry. So when somebody sees it, they know this is for me. This is where my, you know, audiences, my family, my whoever, people that are similar, they feel that connection. Another thing too is really to just to really, really simplify it. If you went to a store and you and you seen a shirt online and you went and talked to the rep and you said, Hey, do you have this shirt in stock? Would you A rather have a rep say, you know what? I don't know. Let me go check in the back. Or would you rather have a rep BS you? Uh, you know, you don't want that shirt. That shirt ain't even the pocket is. So it's okay to say, I'd rather have a person say, I don't, I really don't know. I'd rather, you know what I'm saying? And it's been times where I've worked with clients and I'm like, you know what? That's a great idea. Let me do some research and then and then I'll I'll get back to you. But real quick, I know Creative was waiting for a while. I want to make sure I get him on here. It's go go mode. Um, yeah, I, I just wanted to to add to like the the narrowing down to the niche and how like you as you like uh, dive deep into your niche and in the industry that you that you're trying to target you will learn stuff and that and that's like me learn like i love food i love making food i love eating food <laughs> and it was kind of like, it was kind of like a no-brainer for me to be like you know what um i i'm gonna i'm gonna get into the restaurant you know content uh creation part of it and and like with like i have mentioned it before with steven when we when he invited me to his, to the kitchen you know we were talking about the sauces and the ingredients in the sauce and we were talking about uh you know the pans that he used and the stoves and stuff like that that we were not even talking about creating content but then it goes back again to what ty was saying is like you will learn when to approach those businesses like slowly i've been learning that the best time for me to approach a restaurant it's when they're barely opening up like right after they're set up i look at the hours that they they open and i go in maybe 15 minutes after that because that's when they don't have that much rush depending on the type of uh, like well I, mostly it's like um like taco mexican food and stuff like that that i've been talking to but you know their mornings are not rushed so I have an opportunity to sit down or, and just talk to the manager. And so most of the times the owners are there. 
and I'm learning how how to to oppose them. What's the better time for me to oppose them? And I'm learning um, to get over their objections. Like, you know, I've been I've been getting lots of no's, but to me, those are my wins because I'm I'm learning how to get comfortable to get in that objection instead of me getting mad or whatever. Like, ah, nobody wants to mess around with me. I'm kind of learning like, okay, what did I say wrong? Maybe what, what can this person teach me so I can approach the next line, you know, better. But yeah, it's, it's, it's once you narrow it down to you be like, and, it, and it's really, and, and I think personally, I would say that look for your passion, man. Like look for what really it's like chasing you deep inside that you feel so comfortable talking about it. And then create a, a create again create towards that like pro, like go towards that because you will feel so comfortable that whenever you talk to that person about it, it's gonna be like second nature like you know this it's gonna be like nothing. So I want to counter uh, that. I want to counter that a little bit. Just what but Ty said that if there's a market, say uh, market and surfboards, but you're in the middle of the Midwest, it makes no sense to in a niche like that that's how i feel sometimes there's a more there's something i'm very passionate about but i'm not going to say it here but i'm very passionate about it but i feel this is just me i didn't done the research yet but i feel it's not something that's worth going into that niche market wise in the state of washington you get what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah so definitely. so I don't know. I, 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 I'm wrong. I've been wrong so many times that you guys have been telling me all the way, all day today anyways, but I feel is I went back. You're in the middle of Midwest. I'm I'm regressing back to the fact that I I feel I have to learn the aspects of videography so much because I really do not know what I want yet. I yeah. jumped around three. I'm maybe jumping around four. I don't know, but I'm going so far wide because there's things that caught me interest. Like, oh, product, product videos. Oh, corporate brand, corporate commercials. Those things caught it interested. It interest. It caught my. It piqued my interest. Let me say one thing, Rodney, and I'm gonna let you get in. Let me let me make sure you you separate two things. Separate okay. what you have a passion for away from your ability to properly capture it. Two totally different things. Don't love something because you feel like you can capture it good. Nope. Don't let that drive you. It needs to be completely different. That's one. Number two, every time that you reset your niche, you reset you reset your finish line. It's kind of like, you know what I'm saying? Every time you pick something different, you just go back to the starting line every single time. So you got to pick something and there is going to be a stage where it is, it sucks. It's going to be a stage of just trash moments of messed up shoots, messed up meetings. You're going to go through it no matter what you pick. You're going you're gonna to hate life. No matter. You, and you notice you in the military. Imagine every time you start over, you got to go back to basic training every time. You Right now, you're just going through basic training of picking a niche that you're in. So sometimes you got to just pick it and just be like, all right, this is what I like to do. Let me roll through it and, and go through the hurdles and humps to learn how to do it and be successful at it. Um, so, it, you know, that's just one thing that 
um, you know, you want to make sure that you are, you got to pick what you got to be based in your heart. That's why people are like, what's a good niche? Whatever you like to do, whatever you like to talk about. Now, if you like it and then you determine, hey, in this market, is it's it's hard to be successful. If I want to do, you know, if I'm in the middle of Texas and I want to do stuff on surfboards, you know, however, there's a scuba shop that's not too far from me. and I, I don't know how they pay their rent. I haven't done the research, but they selling scuba gear in the middle of Texas. It's mind blowing. It's like what? But they exist. I, I don't I haven't been in there to talk about them, but they know something I don't know. But they're selling scuba tanks and refilling air in the middle of Texas. So. And it's only one. So here we are thinking they crazy and they probably rolling in dough right now. Like there's just, you know, what I'm saying like they took what they love and they said, we're going to make it great here. And and sometimes you'd be surprised at the market you start to find once you pinpoint. This is what I love to do. And let me give you an example. Flash Film Academy is an example of that. I didn't think nobody cared about the business side of photography. Who I, I, I never I didn't come into this thinking like I'm going to make content on the business side. I was like, don't nobody care. People want to hear about lenses, pretty pictures and flashes. I'm going to do that. I'm going to talk about the latest gear. And then people started like, tell me about, you said you use the contract. Tell me about, and that's how I got here. I didn't, this channel, if you look in the history, this channel didn't start as Flash Film Academy. It started as Flash Film Media, just me talking about gear and fun stuff. I didn't pick this. It picked me. I didn't wake up as a kid thinking I'm a, I'm going to have Flash Film Academy. I didn't even, this this idea is not even three years old. Maybe, it's maybe three years old, but I didn't, when I went into business as a content creator, what I picked didn't, you know, th- this wasn't a result, this was a result of that, but I didn't wake up thinking just this. But I stuck to my idea of wanting to start a YouTube channel about gear and stuff like that, and it developed and blossomed and bloomed into what it is today. Had I kept resetting, I would have never got here. Have I have I kept saying, you know what, I'm gonna do this? I would have never got here. So real quick, oh no, Rodney has something, and then we're gonna go to Tim. Then let's go. Let Tim go first because he might hit on what I'm gonna talk about. Okay, go ahead, go Tim. Ahead, Tim. Yeah, no worries. Um, so the big thing that I would say is right, like there are certain skill sets that are gonna transfer over, right? Like sales, regardless of which niche you're in. Now of course, like the pain points, that kind of stuff that a client has is going to be different. But that's why I think that the the big thing that you have to remember is like one, go fully into a niche, whether it pans out or not. Like there are certain niches that I know that we tried going in that I thought that I was going to really like. And you work with some of those clients and you're just like, this is not what I envisioned. And that's okay. But my big thing is like, don't sleep on like learning how to do sales learning how to like uncover those certain things like those are all things that can transfer to any niche where you're not essentially going to start a hundred percent from zero but like learning how to talk to those clients that's where you're going to be starting from zero right because like what a dentist cares about is way different than a chiropractor and even like a dentist that just specializes in braces cares completely different about somebody that just does teeth pulling and that kind of stuff. And they're they're called orthodontists. And if you call an orthodontist a dentist, he'll want to fight you. No lie. Exactly. It's weird. You know, and like that's the, the big thing. So like sharpen those skills that you're going to be able to take across. Right. And that's, you know, how you shoot stuff, how you light stuff, because 
the same thing, like what Ty was saying is right, like the way that you shoot a video, uh, a wedding is very similar to like a corporate event. Like realistically, they're both events, the same kind of stuff happens, right? You can't necessarily redo certain things, but to the client, they're completely different, right? They're completely different, but you want to sharpen those skills and just find those skills that you can sharpen over time and over time and over time. Because, right, like the way that I sell a restaurant owner is very similar if I'm selling, um, you know, the other industry that we're in is like a lot of software, that kind of stuff. And a lot of the stuff is exactly the same, but it's understanding like the language that they use, right, is completely different, right? Like a, a software company may want more users where a restaurant wants more guests. They're both customers, right? They're both people paying them money, but what they call them is completely different. And the dentist want and more patients. If I did, if I wasn't in those industries, right? So that's the big thing is you want to, you know, learn those skills because those will transfer over. But like I said, don't also be afraid. I think to one is actually do your due diligence, get into the niche, dive in. And once you work with, I would say, you know, a good handful of clients and really see how those relationships are. And don't just base them off of like, oh, I work with five clients that all paid me $500. Like a $500 client is different than a $5,000 client. You want to have that range to really see the difference. Um, but if you just find like, like I said, there are certain industries that I thought that I would have liked to work in that I really just don't. And then we just don't do that. Right. We just don't do it. But we wouldn't have known if we didn't, like I said, unfortunately, you have to spend the time, you have to do that kind of stuff, but you will find industries that you absolutely love and you'll just keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going with. You, you, you hit it on the point guys. It's like, it's just, me honing in, I feel, I feel, this is just me, is I feel that when I put the small amount of time and resources into it, I feel sometimes of missing out. That's, I'll be frank with you. I missing feel like I'm what? missing out. Missing out on what, though? I'd say missing out on the knowledge of, I'm, I'm going to regress back to the photography. I didn't like, I did not care for landscape photography, but my gosh, my first time I thought I liked landscape photography. It took some time to get there and it made me pivot. It took a while. And then all of a sudden, oh man, I really like shooting people. And then that got honed in and honed in. That's how I feel sometimes of videography because it is so vast. What I mean by vast is... There's, like you guys said, Tim and uh, Ty, there's terminologies that I'm not familiar with, not to the point like, I'll be honest with you right now, uh, coloring. I didn't know anything about color, or audio. That's part of videography. That's 50% of, video, of videography content producing, right? And whether that's explainer videos or whatever content it is, I feel there's aspects of audio and there's aspects of coloring that I have no idea. Okay. okay. And I fear. And I fear. Pause I fear right there. That, Before you ahead. get to your fear, pause right there. You and I both. I've always said I'm not the best photographer, videographer. I'm not the best of any of those. I know people that will run circles around me. I know people that will run circles around me. However, 
what I am good at is business. And as long like you don't have to be the best videographer, video photographer. You don't have to be the best, but it, I feel like I feel that you have to be competent, right? But you get you competent through through practice with beta clients. Okay. All right. You, you know what I'm saying? You you want to get competent when you're when you're when you can and you're not and money is not on the line, right? You want to work with somebody that tells you you are competent in this, you're not competent in that. You want to work with somebody that's going to help you develop that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, who was uh, who was first, Rodney or Tim? Uh, Rodney? Well, y'all just look like the Brady Bunch at this point. Thanks, man. <laughs> All right. So um, we're having real talk here, right? That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So I'm, I'm just going to give it to you real and raw. All right? And this is coming from a place of love. Like, you know that. Stop. Stop. Number one, we've had a few conversations, have we not? Yeah, we have. So, and, and just so I don't digress too much, I, I made sure I made some notes here. Number one, and folks have already mentioned this and I've seen it in the chat. Dude, the skill sets are not that different between photography and videography. It's really not that different. You get in your own way. You get in your own head about this. Just because you don't know it just because you don't know the vernacular of what videography is about and the terminology they're using it sometimes, maybe. That, that, and whatever fear, whatever hangups you have, that, that's what's stopping you. But dude, the thing is, and just like Ty had mentioned, in order for you to get better, you gotta work that muscle. You gotta work those videography muscles. And being around military folks myself, having my stint in at being a military brat, I understand some of those things about if you are trying to Whatever A school you went to, whatever um, trainings that you went to, even if you're just talking about, you know, dismantling the weapon, you don't know how to do that crap on the first day, do you? No, you don't. But you practice it, and you practice it, and you practice it, and you practice it until you can do it with a blindfold on. But the only way you get there is by working it and by practicing and practicing and putting in the time. That's the only way that's going to happen, man. And what I would encourage you to do is number one, think, why are you being so dang hard on yourself, Mike? Why? I got family, I got kids to feed. You know, dude, you, you don't we know that. that talk, baby. We, we had that talk. We, but it's me, it's real. Me too. I understand that. We've all look, we've all in here got family to some extent or another. We've all got that. And we I know the conversation that you're talking about right now, we've had it. I know the weight on your shoulders and on your back, man. But at some point, you've got to, look, whatever the hangups are, you need to confront them. I, I don't know who here can do that. If anybody here has any references, whether it's, you know, therapy, psychologist or whatever. And I'm being straight up real about that. I'm being straight up a thousand percent real about that. I've had my visits for issues that I've had. I'm just going to put that out there. I have a therapist now. All right. See? So, and dude, it's not, it's not a shameful thing. You, you think Bezos doesn't have one? You think Bill Gates doesn't have one? You think some elected officials don't need one? I'm just saying. <laughs> All right? Yeah, uh, yeah, I threw that out there. Sorry. So whatever those demons are, whatever those hangups are, whatever those fears are, confront them, man. But then at the end of the day, you need to, you need to realize, man, and I'm just being, I'm being just straight real with you. You've got blessings and you've got talents, Mike. You've got to realize that. 
nobody here started out with a silver spoon in their mouth or you know the golden Midas touch. We all worked to where we got. Some of us might have had a shorter learning curve, but we all put in the work, baby. We all put in the work, and that's all it's got to take. Yes, it, it, it's gonna. It's a different field of expertise for you, maybe. It might be a little different, but I've told you, other folks in here have told you, utilize the skill sets and the experience you've had 15 years of it, plus yep. you've gotten photography, and transfer that into videography. Coloring is not that much different. Composition really is not that much different. You're still doing thirds. You're still doing lines of sight, right? You're still trying to draw an eye to a certain point on the screen. It's not that much different. As a matter of fact, this mother-loving camera don't have to do with what you're doing. The majority of it isn't. The majority of it is what, 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 what Tim was talking about and what Ty's been talking about. It's learning the skill sets of sales, learn understanding marketing, understand how to solve problems, overcome objections, create solutions. When you go into a place of business and you're talking to them, you're saying, you know, if it's a card place, right, if it's an auto shop, and they're like, you know, hey, we need video. Just like Tim has been dropping this like numerous times tonight. Why in the number one first place do you think you even need video? I've heard Chris Doe talk about this in the future. Sometimes you just got to disqualify them from the job. Facts. Why do you think you need video? Why? Is video even the right solution for you? Okay, now that we've come to the conclusion that video is the right solution, what problem are we trying to say? We're trying to solve. One of Ty's favorite lines, what does success look like for you at the end of the day? And trust me, we've been using that one. A lot. <laughs> How? What does? Yeah, do and it works. But it works once you go through that discovery process and you're talking with people and you're asking them questions. Because what we've learned is that the people that are asking the majority of the questions are the ones that are in control of the conversation. All you're simply doing right now, man, is just throwing that bait and you just catching fish and catching fish. So, what do your sales numbers look like? So, what does your you know what what is the 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 the, the customer value whatever it is the annual customer value whatever. What does a customer normally cost? What do they generate or whatever? You know what I'm trying to say. Okay, cool. So what are you trying to do? Are you trying to increase sales? Are you trying to increase visibility? Are you trying to reduce retention, right? Um, as, as far as to increase retention um, and reduce attrition as far as your salespeople because you see people ain't making money because you ain't making no sales. So they jump and ship over to another dealership. Well, cool. Let's look at number one. Let's look at some recruitment videos. All you simply do is asking questions, man. You haven't even touched the camera at this point. We ain't talking about focal points. We ain't talking about aperture. We ain't talking about lighting. We're trying to solve problems. Right. Yep. All the video is doing is a means to an end. That's all it is. You can be doing the same thing with, with photography. You're just doing using a different a little bit of a different medium. That's all it is. So dude, just just realize, man, you got the skills, man. You just get in your own way. All right? I'm done. I'm off my token. I'm sorry. <laughs> often i shoot the same video for the same for different clients who cares what the you know what i'm saying like my goal is to try to get you in that box so i can create my 10 products and then reshoot it over and over again because by the time i show up to say i don't want to think i want to just shoot something simple for you that works that gets the job done we already figured it out i'm gonna sell you the same cheeseburger happy meal that mcdonald has sold to a billion people they're not trying to figure out why What's special about your cheeseburger? They got a cheeseburger that they're trying to sell to a billion people. Go ahead, Tim. 
Yeah, so just real quickly, do you guys mind if I tell you a story about how I became a special effects makeup artist whenever I was in film school and, and kind of that process? Is that okay? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so one is I feel like this is very similar. So like, right, I don't know how many of you guys went to film school, how many of you guys did any of that stuff. Like I said, I went to film school with the, the dream of being the director, right? That everybody wants to be the director or the cinematographer, any of that stuff. And I remember sitting in my class and like literally talking to all the other students and everybody was either cinematographer or director, cinematographer, director, cinematographer, director. So one is at the time I didn't realize that I had an entrepreneurial mindset, but the big thing is I was like, okay, well, like literally everybody in here wants to do that exact same thing. And I was really worried about that. So one is I, I ended up saying, okay, what is the one thing that nobody else is offering? Right. Everybody wants to do cinematography. Everybody wants to do this. And that's how they want to kickstart their career. So I was like, well, everybody's always talking about they want to do horror movies. And I feel like everybody has to do a horror movie if you want to be a filmmaker. If you didn't do a horror movie, then I guess you were a filmmaker, in my opinion. Like everybody that I knew was like horror movie this, horror movie that. Right. So that was a big thing. They all wanted that kind of stuff. So I was like, okay, that's what I want to go into. I didn't necessarily want to do that. But I, after going in, doing that kind of stuff, I found a passion for it. And actually, when I was in film school, I was one of the only students that actually got paid to work on other students' films. And the reason for that is because somebody would come to me and be like, hey, we want to do this thing, X, Y, Z, can you do it? And essentially, whether I knew how to do it or not, I would tell them, yes, this is how much I'm going to do it for. And then I would literally dive in, spend hours on hours on hours learning and crafting and honing that skill. I didn't worry about whether I knew how to do it or not. I knew because the, the one thing that I learned is when somebody pays you money, you are now morally obligated. And if you're one of the, and I feel like this kind of goes with scams. If you're just out there to take people's money, don't be in business, get out of here. Like, I don't want to talk to you, any of that stuff. I was like, I'm going to do everything humanly possible that I can do to learn and craft and build my skill because I didn't know much about makeup. I didn't know any of that stuff. And what did I do? I would get on YouTube. I'd learn this stuff. I'd stay up all night because I knew that somebody was counting on me. Somebody was that, this, that, and whatever. And the thing was, is like, nobody else knew how to do what I did. Right. And that's the thing is the business owner doesn't know how, like, they don't know audio. They don't know lighting. They don't know framing. They don't know any of that. Right. So even if you're only one step ahead of them and you're able to deliver on it, they can think it's the best thing in the world. And that's totally fine. Like, don't worry about what anybody else is doing. Right. Because if I worried about like, you know, what, you know, Tom Savini, if you know any makeup artist, but Tom Savini, one of the, the all time big makeup artists that did, you know, like uh, Friday the 13th, a bunch, I'm a big horror movie guy. So I'll reference that all the time, obviously, right? Scary, good marketing. Like it's not all just a coincidence, but <laughs> the, the big thing is, is right. Like I wasn't trying to be the next Tom Zavini. I wasn't trying to be whatever. I was like, what are they, what is he doing? What can I learn from him? And how do I make that my own? Right. And that's what I did. And, and literally I got paid on student projects all the time because I told people, I was like, look, like I'm the only person that does this. Nobody else is doing it. And if you want to hire me, you got to pay me. You pay me. Fantastic. I will 
spend every waking moment to figure out how to do that. And like I said, I got to work on feature film projects, all that stuff. When I was still in film school, while everybody else was like, I can't work on any projects because there's 10,000 other directors because everybody's trying to essentially do the big thing that everybody wants or be everything to everyone. And I was like, no, like this is exactly what I'm going to do. And the funny thing is, I actually got to do directing on projects because I got to tell the director, hey, you know, like if we're going to, you know, like if you want to shoot somebody in the head and we're going to have a squib go off and blood come out of their head, because my nickname in film school was the blood guy. Like if you <laughs> needed fake blood, you called me. I was the blood guy. That's how I branded myself when I was in film school. And like everybody knew that. But the thing was, is like, I got to direct the director on how to shoot it because I had already shot 10, 15 films where somebody wanted, you know, a head exploding or an arm getting chopped off or whatever. I got to direct the directors in how to actually do that. And I got to learn how to be a director. I got to work with actors in directing actors. So I still gained all of the skill sets that a director got, but my knowledge was I, I got to work on way more projects, right? Because like I said, that was a big thing is I was bringing a product and a service that nobody else was doing. I specialize in that thing, but I still ended up getting to direct, right? I even had people that just were like, hey, we really like the way that you directed on that one project. You know, I was working as a grip or I was working as an audio person. Would you be like, I wrote this script. Would you be interested in directing it? And that's literally what I did. So I think that that's the big thing is don't underestimate the big thing of not knowing, right? Because to me, like I said, as soon as somebody pays me money, I got to figure it out, right? I have to, now I am accountable. And to me, that's always been the biggest driver because like I said, I'm like, I know how, how difficult it is to come up with, with revenue for a company. I know all of that, right? You're a business owner. You know how difficult it is to get a client. You know how, and to me, I'm like, I'm not just going to take your money and disappear, right? Like, I'm like, yeah, I know how hard you work. I'm going to do everything physically possible that I can to make sure I deliver on that. And for whatever reason, if they're not happy with it, then I'm like, then let me put in the work. If it takes more time and I got to eat some of that cost, let me do it because that's a learning experience for me in that. And clients are going to love you for that, right? And like, that's the big thing. Like, I don't know how many times I've been like, we tried to do this thing and it didn't quite work out. And I'm like, look, like, I, I know that we can get it there. Like, don't pay me extra to do it. Let me fix it. Let me work on it. No client is going to say no to that. Because the thing is, is they're so used to like somebody going to be like, here's this video. And they're like, oh, it's garbage. Like the audio is not synced and the color is off. And they're like, okay, well, that's going to be like an extra thousand dollars to do a re-edit. And they're like, I don't even like it in the first place. And they're like, well, okay, <laughs> bye. That's how the industry works. Like the, a lot of people operate that way, which is mind blowing. I don't know how some companies are still in business, but there's people out there like that. But if you take that initiative, you really... Like I said, you got to love what you do, right? And like I said, at the beginning, I didn't think I was going to like makeup. Like, like for me, like I, and it's funny because I'm like, I'm a pretty like masculine kind of person. I didn't like makeup, like what, what the crap is that? Like, I don't know, but I, I fell in love with it. Like I learned so much from it.
that I didn't ever think that I was going to learn. And and I and I want quick question that came up was um, you know, should I should I go into a project without any skills or, or gain knowledge with the client? No, no, no. We're not saying I'm walking to it blind. Um, we're saying that sometimes it's okay to bite off a little bit more than you can chew if you have the ability to learn it. If you have enough time to learn it by the project. I listen, I took deposits for drone video before I had a drone. The deposit paid for my drone. So I've been there before. It's plenty of times where I've been asked to, to film something that I may not have had a whole lot of experience filming. And you know what I did? I went home and I practiced it. And I, I looked up videos. I read about it. So by the time I showed up, I was a pro. I was like, you stand here, you do this. They didn't know. They didn't know. Just like if your if your dentist came and told you to lean back and you, you get in the root canal and your dentist told you to lean back in the chair and he's you wouldn't know he didn't know what he was doing. Until you sat there for six hours and it still didn't fix the tooth. Like you wouldn't know because you trust them. Like you like I trust them. So, I mean, it works like that in your industry too. Just make sure you can back it up. Um, but don't put so much weight on your ability because corporate video is super easy. It is literally the easiest video you will ever come across. You've done more to light some of your photography than you will ever do in corporate video. You've done more work on free shoots than you will ever do in some paid shoots for video. Trust me. Well, I, I'm just going by what you guys say. Uh, you t you and Tim are saying, I feel sometimes of imposter syndrome. You know, yeah. it's. Uh, I know the client does not know, but you guys know. We, we're not judging. Yeah, nobody here is judging. We're not that. judging you. We, we, we're just helping you get better. We we've all been there, right? Still go through it sometimes. Still, yeah. I still go through it. Don't don't think just because my my picture is bigger, oh, well, I don't go through it. Well, I'm sorry, you made like six two two hundred thousand dollars. That don't mean yeah. it was all easy. Some of it landed on my lap. Some of it was working with the right clients. Some of it was just my mouthpiece, just talking. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not always going to be super. Like like I'm not asking too. I'm not asking super easy. Do you know how much I made my first year in business? No. How much? How much you made? In like six hundred dollars. That's more than you me. Wanna, Zero. You want to know? So. And I was off thumb. I I ran our company. I, I quit my corporate job. I ran our company for two years. On the second year, on the last month, I got my first paycheck that was the exact same amount of money that I made monthly with my corporate company. Two years. It's a grind, but it's and a good thing. It's like, a good grind. You know, everyone is different. You know, you gotta, you gotta put it in there. And that's why, like, like they say, entrepreneurship is a difficult sport. It's one of the most difficult sports out there because like I said, I mean, there's plenty of times that I've, and you know, I've talked with my wife and stuff where I've been like, maybe I don't want to do this. Like maybe I, but then I look back and I, I look at like what we've been able to do with clients, like how it's impacted them, that kind of stuff. And like, like to me, like I'll write down like some days whenever I'm not feeling it, I'll write down like, like, what am I grateful for? Like, what are all the things that I'm grateful for? Because I mean, there were times like even whenever I was in college that I wasn't doing that well. Like I remember going and looking in my apartment and being like, what can I sell this month so that I can make the rent? What can I sell so that I can pay my bills? What can I do to like 
do that kind of stuff. And that's, that's the thing. And, and, you know, that, I feel like that's the, the big thing, especially in the entrepreneurial world, everybody just shows you like, this is like, everything's, you know, rainbows and unicorns and everything's fantastic. And I'm like, it's, it, it's not like that at all. Not at like, all. <laughs> I've been the same. Know. I've been through the same thing. Like I, I got, and one day I'll post it. I got video of the repo man looking for my work truck, bro. I've been there. I'm not going, I'm not sitting up here and telling you I was, it all happened like, wow, it was a struggle. I sold a lot of stuff and and promised myself I would buy my stuff back. I sold a lot of lenses and stuff that I loved and was like, I'm going to get it back. But I got to do this right now to get where I got to go. And, and and then I got to the point where I started focusing on the business instead of because I was buying gear. I was killing myself to buy gear. And then I started killing myself to be better at business so that when I got the opportunity to sell somebody, my close rate got better. I was able to close more people. I was able to get in front of 10 and close three. Then I was able to get in front of 10 and then close seven. Then I was able to get in front of 10 and then I was able to close nine. And all my gear started coming back. But me going out investing in gear didn't bring all that back. Me investing in my knowledge and, and I paid from the niche, the whole niche idea I got from a mentor that I paid like $4,000 for to tell me you're doing too much. What are you talking about? You're doing too much. And I, and I never thought about spending money on a mentor. Like, what is he going to tell me? I know. What I'm doing. And he was like, you, I'm thinking like, I do this. I do that. All this money. He's like, you're doing way too much. I come to your website. I don't know what you're good at. Huh? What do you mean? And once I did that, it just took off and it's like it's steps, right? You think in the top of the mountain, but it's steps, bunch of little stuff, bunch of little stuff, bunch of little stuff. And you just going to keep going up and you're going to look back and be like, man, I'm on the second floor. And you're going to just keep stepping and keep stepping and keep stepping. And you're going to be on the eighth floor. So, you know, it's not going to be, it's not an elevator. It's just not an elevator ride. It's, it's a bunch of little steps, a bunch of little steps. And, the first part of those that little steps, like even if you see in a master course, I got a whole chapter dedicated to you worrying about you, you getting right with you, the mental capacity, the mental side of what it takes to even get in this game. I had to make that first because that was a like that was a beating for me. That was the hardest part is I had to realize within my I had to ask myself, am I built for this? Because it's a beating. Is my support system built for this? Is the people around me built for this? Are my, you know, am I going to be okay with not being able to provide all the gifts I want for Christmas from my kids trying to chase this dream? Will they still love their dad, even though their dad can't give them new bikes when everybody else getting new bikes? Like, that's a hard thing. And you got to really realize, like, this is not going to be a, it's not going to be. Everybody getting the photography and video and they just assume that it's so easy. It's easy. It's easy. It's easy. A lot of people get in this because they think it's easy. They don't get in this thinking about how hard it is. They, they, and I'm going to tell you when I was in the military and I was a combat photographer, right? We would chapter people out and get people out of that field so much because they was like, oh, this is an easy job in the army. I'm going to take this. Do you want to be a, you want to do infantry? You want to be a diesel mechanic or you want to be a photographer? Oh, that's going to be cake work. I'm going to be a photographer. And they would get there and they can't perform and they're gone. Now you're at the needs of the army. You, Congratulations. You're now um, infantry. Peace. 
So it, people thought it was easy. It's not easy. The business side is not easy. That's why there's comfort in working for somebody else. It's become so comfortable that nobody's running to do it. But owning your own business, having your own freedom, determining where your life go, it's a hard fight, but it is so worth it. It is so worth it. But I'm having I'm having right now of letting go of the nine to five because don't let go. Transition. No, 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 no. I want I want that freedom. But but I I'm saying that. don't. I want to spend I want to spend time with, with the lady. Don't jump off the cliff. Transition. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Yeah. I'm a, I'm on agreement. What I'm saying is she supports me wherever I go, and that's perfectly fine. And I and she's a ride or die with me, and I appreciate that. Love pa- her for that. Pause. And usually I wouldn't even say this because it's public, and usually on the private lives I'll say this. But imagine being me and having the opposite of that. Imagine being in a house where you got this goal and this dream and the person you laying next to think you crazy. Imagine that you got support. I don't know what that's like, bro. I don't know what that's like. I had to stop people from going to the pawn shop with my equipment multiple times. I don't know what that's like to have somebody to say, I believe in you. Let's do this. That's the thing. When when that's being said, I feel afraid that I might fail. Don't. I'm failing. I'm feel. I'm feel like I'm failing her. Be successful for her then. Be successful for her then. Don't look at what can go wrong. Look at what's gonna go right. If I gotta bet on my, I'm gonna bet on myself before I bet on anybody. Period. I know I'm gonna go hard and do what I got to do. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put my faith in. Not necessarily faith, but I'm not going to put all my marbles in, hoping a stock pay me what I'm worth or a job pay me what I'm worth. I'm going to go. I know I'm gonna get up every day and do what I got to do to get where I got to go. If I can make the map, the plan, I know I'm gonna be on pace. More than what anybody's willing to do for me, give me. I can't rely on that, cause I got kids, bro, and I'm I'm just that hungry. It's just, you know, every every fear you have for failing in front of them, use that to motivate you to make sure you're successful in front of them. My kids, they see a different guy. And I set that example for them. That's why that's why my sons would rather be in the studio acting like they're on YouTube with a YouTube channel than playing with their toys because because this is what they see. And I love setting that example for them. I love being that guy. My my sons, I ask him, what do you what you want to do? I want to be on YouTube, Dad, like you. You love it. So, you know, everything that scares you about failing, you got to turn that into the motivation as to why you will never fail them. Use that. It's just like when you're in a fight, you get hit first. You you should be mad. Like like I'm I'm mad when I see big houses and nice cars. I'm not mad at them. I'm mad at myself because I was born with five fingers like they were. I was born with two legs like they were. Why are they there and I'm here? Regardless of the hand I was dealt, I'm going to work to get there. I'm not going to take theirs. I'm not mad at them for what they ever had. It ain't about that. It's about you as a man and what you're willing to do to get there. And Nobody going to stop me. 
When I was in the military, I wasn't skinny. I was a chubby dude. But you ain't going to outrun me. You ain't going to outfight me. You ain't going to outshoot me. You ain't going to out whatever me. I'm not having it. And until you look in the mirror and feel like that, you're going to be beaten, weathered by everything that's thrown at you. I feel like I'm a monster in this game. But that's just me. That's just how I feel. It don't, I don't need validation. I don't need nobody to tell me. I don't need to be. I don't care. In my mind, I'm, I'm going to do what, I, what I'm going to do. So you just, you got it. That's something that you, that's a hunger. You got to take that fear and you got to shift where it is in your, in your body. You got to take it out of your stomach and push it up in your heart. And that's just something you got to do because this is not a, this is a, this industry is you either going to be the Impala or you're going to be the the leopard that's jumping on the back of that bad boy on National Geographic. Like you either going to be the one that's looking at the herd, like, please come back and save me. Or you're going to be the one that's ripping into a zebra's butt just you know what i'm saying like just happy like hey come on get you some it's only two po- it's only two places and i'm i love i love catching an impala away from the pack and just ripping into flesh that's just me i'm just a predator like that like when it comes to business that's just me my bad tim go for it bro I think you yeah, mean, no oh. worries. So I, I'm definitely with you on that because like my wife always supports me in what I do, which I'm very, very thankful for. Anybody that doesn't have that support, you know, I always am like, it, it's rough. Like I, I've met a few people, but do you mind if I share with you something that I created that I pretty much read every single day? That's part of our like business, our culture, that kind of stuff. Go for it. So this is something that took me probably a couple years to come up with. And anytime that I'm feeling like that fear, that doubt, that any, because like I said, even where we are now, like there's still times that I will be with a client, do whatever, go in a new industry that I have that fear come up. And this is something that um, I created and something that we kind of have like inside our culture um, for our company. And we just call it the scary good creed. And essentially what it is, is it's uh, no matter what pain, uncertainty, doubt, judgment, failure, challenges, this crazy world throws at me, I will always rise to the challenge and give it everything I have to the very end because I know I'm worth it. My family is worth it and my legacy is worth it. I will not fear the unknown, but embrace it. I will strive to be the best version of myself today and every day that I wake in this crazy world. Yes, it may take hard work, long hours, sleepless nights. I may fail, but I will never question why. It will be my guiding light every, my guiding light and every, sorry, my guiding light even in my darkest hour because anything that is worth it will not be easy but I will achieve it because I am scary good. That is something that I wrote, like I said, a few years ago, and it was everything that I, anytime that I feel that doubt, that uncertainty, any of that stuff, I read through it. Um, Cause like I said, it, it's something that just shakes me at my core and is the real reason of why I do what I do. And I have to remind myself of that, right? And like the, I think that one of the big things that I think that a lot of people struggle with and this is something that it took me a little bit of time to like realize like 
figure out like what it is, right? Like a lot of people are always like, I want to get the new camera, the new lens, the new whatever. And if that's, you know, like going and providing for uh, your family, whatever that is, look at like what that dollar amount is and then break that down into the amount of clients you need, right? So if I want a Blackmagic, you know, 12K, 10,000, whatever they come out with, whatever that price point is, how many clients at what price and, and do a couple price points, right? Like if I am only getting clients at $500, how many clients do I need to get that thing? That becomes a lot more attainable because if you look at something that's like $20,000, you're like, dang, how am I going to get $20,000? But if I break that down and I'm like, okay, well, if I'm charging, you know, $500, that's X amount of clients. Now I have a, a smaller obtainable goal that I can go after. And to me, that's the thing that has always helped me because like, right, like if you look at big numbers, because like for some people, like, you know, like if you've never made $100,000, $100,000 sounds like a lot of money and sounds so unattainable. But if I'm like, okay, well, if I, you know, can go out and I can sell, you know, one client on $100,000, what would that look like? Or if I sold two clients, what would that look like? And break it down into that. And it becomes a lot easier to achieve those goals because like I said, at the end of the day, that's how I look at it. Cause then I have a more attainable goal than just this like fantasy number or this whatever that uh, I'm not used to in my everyday life. It's, it's, re it's reverse engineering, reverse engineer your goals, right? Don't just look at the big picture. Don't look at Man, I need to I need to land this client. Look at the small things you need to do to get to the point where that client says yes. And reverse engineer everything. Right? It just you you got to reverse engineer. It's it that's the best way to look at a goal cuz if you just set something big on your on your, you know, on your desk, you it's going to be hard to get there. Right? It's going to be hard to get there. So you got to reverse engineer things you do. Um you know, the mental side of, of this journey is just as important as the camera side, as the business side. Um, it's, it's rough. You know what I'm saying? And, and I didn't understand it until the idea of, you know, somebody was like, you should create a community. You should create a Facebook group. I'm like, why? I'm so used to doing this by myself that I had no idea that there are so many others who um, face this journey alone. That's why I say it's therapeutic when I come on here and talk to y'all because these are things I've been keeping inside. Like, I don't got nobody else to talk to about this. I don't have nobody else that I can break this down and make sense and get it out of my head. It's, it's us. Um, so that's why I enjoy these as much as you guys enjoy these because I get to express what I've been through to people who give a damn because your average friends and family don't. They don't know what you've been through to get where you are. They just see where, you, where you're at. They just see your house and your marble on your on your on your uh, kitchen counter and just be like, oh, he's lucky. They don't know what you went through. They have no idea what 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 you went through to get where you at. And it's and it's a hard journey with any business. Right. That's why real entrepreneurs can relate to real entrepreneurs and the fake guys. You like get out of here. bro. So, you know, this is just something that you you have to fear is normal. Right. If you're not scared, you're not moving. If you're not of every everything great in my life came from fear, right? You, I'm joining the army. You're gonna get shot. You're gonna die. I can die at the ATM. 
You moving out of Detroit? Well, you moving out of Detroit? You going there? It's, it's bad. Okay, I can happen. You know, every everything great in my life came right after fear. Everything great in my life was right on the right on the end of something. I was scared to death, scared to death, and I end up loving it. I I remember uh, I remember one time I didn't want to go swimming and I got pushed in the pool. And I loved it when I came back and I was like, dang, this is dope. I remember one time I was going snow sledding and I cried like I, my mama was like, I'm pushing you down the snow. I'm crying like, mama, please don't. You don't love me, mama. By the time I got to the end of that hill, I was running back up like, we're doing this again. I can't. And I was just, it was everything great came after fear. So it's okay to be scared. I love it. Get used to that uncomfortableness. Get used to that fear. Because that that fear is telling you that you're moving in the right direction. And you have to, it is, you got to embrace that. I love that fear because that tells me I'm moving. I'm, I'm When I'm comfortable, nothing's happening. When I'm scared to death, I am outside of my, my comfort zone. And great things happen. Go for it, Marvin. Marvin, been, Marvin been Yeah, quiet. and I always like to say that it's, that, that, that it's amazing what you can achieve on the other side of your fears. That's something that I always like to say in and and I can certainly relate to what Michael was saying about the about the imposter about the imposterism uh, the post, imposter I can't even say the word but I'm sure you get what I'm trying to say but but, but yeah but but it took me a really long time to get to the point where I'm able to charge like a thousand dollars for a project and because like I never felt like I was good enough to be able to charge that much and I was here you know see like on on some video product on some video production companies websites where they're charging like four or five seven thousand dollars for a project and it's and it seems like it's it's a similar thing that that i'm offering i'm struggling to, to try to charge like a thousand dollars so that's that was a big struggle for me and then like i recently had one where where it was like a three thousand dollar project and and it, it was like it was like a seminar that or it was he has a seminar that i recorded and i did a promotional video with it and then i helped them to to market their their webinar because it was a seminar to, to, to the, the seminar or the seminar was a webinar and it was going to be online and i was and, and i was helping to market it so so i probably actually did more than what most companies would charge for for that but it's hard for me to imagine charging more like like that like three thousand was like a huge number for me to, to receive from something like that because yeah and yeah but it's and 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 then with the seminar, I messed up the audio, at least in my mind, but the client was happy about it, but they had this heater that was running and I knew it was going to be an issue right, right from the get-go. And I recorded two audio sources. One was on the lavalier microphone and then I had a shotgun microphone and I never tried recording with the shotgun microphone with two people. Probably shouldn't have done that. It was kind of stupid, but but it didn't pick up because like the, the heater noise. So then, but I figured that if that didn't sound good, I can use a lavalier microphone. But then we did multiple takes for the seminar. And then on the take that we actually used for it, I had to put a new battery in the lavalier microphone. But then I forgot to turn on the recorder on one of the on one of the talents. And so I didn't have that audio source. So I had to use the audio from the shotgun microphone. So I spent like hours upon hours trying to get the audio to sound okay. And so I was like a nightmare. I felt I almost felt like I wanted to ask them to for us just to redo it because it this sounded bad to me but they seemed happy with it which i thought was kind of shocking but but it was but 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 it's still real hard for me to to rewatch the the webinar because the audio just sounds horrible for me personally but 
and yeah, and yeah, and then like there, there always seems to be things that I see in my shoes. Like last couple of shoots, I like that. That there's things that I end up doing, and then I spend like hours, like like the, like what Ty was talking about, and I think several other people talking about the mental side, because it's like like you start getting demons in your head, and you're like, oh, how did I mess this up? Like they shouldn't be paying me for this and whatnot, and like I can't believe they're <laughs> paying, they're paying me all this money, and I'm messing up the shoots in my mind. So yeah, it's it, 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 yeah, it is tough, but I guess it's all part of the journey and just trying to. I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something real quick. Right, I used to do. And I'm gonna get to yeah. you in a second, Tim. I used to go in the mirror and practice saying prices, because oh, yeah. because the money, the, the because the, the look on my face when I set a price that was outside of my pockets, I didn't want to look like I was desperate or just like you know. I, you think I'm playing? I'd be like, I tell you guys when you say the price, don't say nothing, because I used to say it's ten thousand dollars, but we're gonna do this and do that, and the <laughs> client is just like, eh. so I had to get used to saying like ten thousand dollars confidently, like. And it'll be $10,000. Like, I had to practice that. That didn't come naturally. I was That's a lot of money to me. I'm $10,000. I'm in my head. I'm like, they ain't got it because I ain't got it. So you have to, like, you have to overcome that. And it's it's a mental thing of of saying, you know, this is what the price is. Because I know confidently this is what we do. This is all we do. Here's the price. And and it, it takes time. I didn't walk into my first client demanding that. It took me doing a job where I knew I should have charged 10 times more than that. But I was scared to say the price. It wasn't that they were scared to pay it. Often you're underpaid, not because they don't have the budget, but because you didn't ask for enough. Because you didn't have the balls to say what it really costs. Because you didn't have the balls to walk away from it with a profit. Because you've been raised in this world where... Your hourly is just your hourly. You shouldn't be making a profit on top of the profit. No, I'm making a profit. I am going to make two, three, four, five, six thousand dollars more than what it cost me just to have in my pocket because I this is what I do. I am the business owner. I'm providing this and we're going to make a profit just like your job. Pay you one thing and make a profit off you. It's the reason why in sports you hear what the players make, but you never hear what the owners take in because they want you to focus on that. They want you to focus on what LeBron makes and not what the owner makes. That's what they want you to focus on. And, you know, you got to think if that guy can pay a team, think about a football owner. He got 55 people to pay that's on the field and another 200 that's off the field. Here we are fighting, saying this quarterback is asking for too much money. It's a reason you don't hear why owners make. So, you know, you got to, you got to, it's that mental side. You got to build it. You got to, you got to work on that. It's a part of the journey. And it's a reason why in the course is number one. Like, yo, before we get into all that, we got to focus on this first, because this is something you have to address now, or it's the foundation of building a house. I can build you the best house in the world. If the foundation is trash, it's going to tumble. It's going to fall. So you are the foundation of your business. Go ahead, Tim, I bet. Yeah, no worries. Uh, the the big thing on that, I would definitely say as well, like I remember the first time I went in and was like, hey, you know, client, this is going to cost, you know, 24K, right? $24,000. And to me, like, that's not something that we just, okay, whatever, right? The first time you do it, it's always way out of that. And like I said, even if it's $1,000, $2,000, whatever the price point is, the big thing is, is like, to me, what I always thought was like, I'm like, okay, like if I, I don't know how many times I've gone in 
to um, whenever I first started, went into a client and was like, uh, you know, $3,000 sounds like a lot of money. Like, uh, what if they don't do that? What if they, because like I said, you'll always talk yourself out of it. Yep. You'll always talk yourself out of why you can't pay that. And I remember the thing that I did at the beginning was I was like, okay, like how much would I be willing to do this for? Let's say it's a thousand dollars. And I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to tell the client it's $3,000. And I remember the first time that I ever did that and I went in and I went through the whole thing and we, you know, did everything. And I was like, it's $3,000. And I was like, just don't say anything. Don't do whatever. And they were just like, oh, that's not that bad. And I was like, you're telling me I probably could have said more. Like literally you will have those moments. And that's why like, to me, like I am, one is once you go and you work in an industry, you'll know like what your pricing is. You'll kind of have that. So you're not just like, way out of the ballpark where like you know the industry average is 500 and you're like i want fifty thousand dollars right and you're way way out right so but the big thing is is i'm like it's always easier to lower your price than it is to ask for more can't go up you can go down so you, yeah <laughs> it's it, hard it's, to go up right? you, upset. Like, you know and that's the big thing is i'm like if, if you go in and you're like hey you know it's going to be three thousand dollars and they're like ah that's a little bit too much or that's a little bit whatever one is what can you add to that to keep it at that price, right? How do you add more value? Or what is something that they may really like about that? And is that something you can remove? Because if it's something that you really like and I'm like, well, and they're like, well, you know, we were thinking more around like $2,000 and I'd be like, okay, the thing that you really like, now you can't have that. It becomes a lot harder for them to be like, well, uh, you know, so that's the big thing is right. Like if, if I tell you, you can't have something right. Just like everybody has been asking for me to post, you know, the creed that I talked about. Like if I told you now, like, eh, I'm not actually going to share that with you. How many of you are like, what do you mean? You're not going to share that with me. Like I want that thing. Right. You know, and that's the whole thing. And, and that's, that's why like learning sales, like going through like Ty's course, doing that kind of stuff, like that's what that's going to teach you. And those are the things that you can take in any industry, use at any time, do those kind of things. And like, that's a big thing. And, and trust me, it's, it's always one of those where it's like, you're always thinking like, if I'm going to tell them this, they're just going to say no. And then I'm not going to lose the client. You're already thinking of the outcome before you've even walked in there. And that's why you lose every time. Yep. And I'm not going to say that I've never had that. You just have to get used to, to being like, nope, like I'm just going to tell them this. And the worst thing that can happen is that I'm exactly where I am right now. Right. Like I, I didn't lose like, and if anything, I'm actually a little bit better than where I am currently because I learn more about that market. I learn how to talk to them. I learned maybe some of their point pain points. I learned some of the objections I learned, hopefully, how I did my pitch. I, I gained a little bit more knowledge. So when I go to the next client, they're ready. Right. Nope. And, and the, the, the same thing is I'm like, unfortunately, you're not going to be able to service every single client. Like some clients may not be a good fit. Some of them may not have the budget. Some of them may not have this. But the thing that you have to realize is that there's hundreds of <laughs> thousands of businesses out there that are going to pay for, you know, of course you can't be like McDonald's and be like, here's the dollar cheeseburger. We're now selling it for $50, right? You like, you can't do that, right? Like you got to know like what is reasonable, what people are willing to pay for. But 
like I said, you're going to start learning those things. You're going to start gaining those things. But, uh, you know, like what Ty said, like the biggest thing is I'm like, if I'm, if I feel comfortable, that's when I worry the most. And if I feel super uncomfortable and like fearful, I end up just being like, this is the right move. This is what we need to be doing. Because like I said, if, right, like if you want whatever, you want that fancy car, you want, you know, to, to leave your corporate job, all of that is outside of your bubble. And to get outside of your bubble, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be exciting. Like you got to learn to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. Yep. You got to learn how to do things that you may not have been doing. And I try to, everything that he's saying, I've given you, right? He's saying, you know, take away the things they love or add value. That's what structure-based pricing is. It's just laying out everything. So if they say no, so the price makes sense. And if they want to go lower, they got to pick which part of the jingle jingle thing we're going to pull out. You know what I'm saying? They got to pick which part is coming out to get the price down to where they want it without you still giving them the same thing, but you backing off the price. So now I have leverage. Would you just eyeballing the price? You don't got leverage. They like, yo, can you do it for this? It's 3000 Can you do it for 28 Now you got to go in the back of your head and, and do that same amount of work because they got the leverage to land the client. But if you got your pricing laid out in the structure, of course I can do it for 28 If we remove this, oh, no, nah, I don't want to remove that. Let's just keep it like that. You know what I'm saying? So it gives you that. You know, when it comes to the knowledge of learning how to go in, beta testing give you that. You're trying to figure out, is my price too much? Are people not choosing me because my price too high? Well, if you got beta clients, you know what companies are spending. You know what they would, what, what three different people told you what they would have paid for it. When you come across the fourth or fifth guy and they cheap or don't want to do it or you haven't provided enough value, you know that it's not overpriced because you had a chance to run it by the beta testers. Like every every objection you can come across or every part of this journey you have it's just it's just a matter of putting it together and implementation that's the only part i can't give you i can give you all the knowledge i can give you all the skill i can't give you the will i can't come and apply it for you so that's the part that's going to be uncomfortable you know i can teach you how to i can teach you all the ufc you want but at some point you got to get in that ring and and taste the punch you're going to taste a kick or two. You may get put in the arm bar. You're going to have to use your training. And you know this in the military. You've been put in some compromised situations where your sergeant was like, yo, we taught you how to do how to get out of that. You can sit there and get choked out if you want, but you know how to get out of it. You just, you know what I'm saying? You just, you're not using your training. And then when that training kick in, just like photography now, it happens. Just like you, the sun can't throw nothing at you that you can't fix in photography right now on location. You like, Psh, I got an indie filter. What? I got a reflector. What? I got a strobe. What? I can sync to one two hundredths of a second. What? Like, bring it. Like, like once you get comfortable, you like business will happen like that for you as well. But it took you going out there messing up how many photo shoots before you got comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Like at first she was like, I need the model to only stand this way. And when the sun is over there, now you like psh, pick a spot. Let's go. Let's rumble. Like, so you get that way with business, but it starts with you overexposing this shot, underexposing that shot, too much grain, your ISO, this, it, it, it takes you getting back to your computer. Like, what was I thinking? What was I focused on? Like it take you got to go through that. So just like you picked landscape and then you did this, 
whenever you switch from landscape to portraits, that reset, it started all over because you had to relearn portraits again because everything you learn or some of the stuff you learn in landscape didn't apply, most of it. So that's why I say pick a niche and then just start to build in that niche. Start to build, start to build. And you will see the progress. Real quick, um, um, Marvin had to go ahead, Marvin. Go ahead. Yeah, and when it comes to taking stuff off, the, the challenge I have with removing things is whenever I'm making a video, I always want to make it like the best video in my mind that I can possibly make. So I personally don't like taking things off. So like even if a client didn't want like to like animate their logo or something or or have music on their video, if I feel like it's going to make the video better, then I would want to do those things. And that's think it, about it, it like this. Just make a simple video. Think about it like this, though. When you yeah. go to McDonald's and you order a regular cheese, I, I still eat regular cheeseburgers. I like them. They, you ain't going to open it up and see a Big Mac like, hey, we figure you a bigger <laughs> fella. We threw in the Big Mac for you because we just want you. No, they're going to sell you a cheeseburger. It's going to be smashed and this is what you ordered. As a business, you need to, that's, you got to take your the emotion out of it. It's just business. This is what you pay for. This is what you get. Sometimes I ask for no pickles and I still get pickles because they too lazy to change. What's they all need to do is take it off the rack, open it up, yank the pickles out, boom. They too lazy to be like, this is pre-made, bro. You getting this work. Here you go. You will never, every now and then you'll go, you'll go to Burger King, order some onion rings, and you get a fry at the bottom of the bag. That's as good as it gets. You're not going, they're not going to overdo it because they like you and they like, we can make a better, they're not going to do it. For what? They about their profits. They're not about feeling good when they hand you that bag you're gonna get what you pay for now anytime you've done that you've made the decision emotionally that i'm gonna cut into my money i'm gonna cut into my kids food my ability to pay my light bill the type of car i drive the type of house i own for a client that's not even gonna notice it you ever have a girlfriend that go spend all this money on hair and she come in and she doing all this and you're like what you didn't notice my, I got one of my eyebrows is the other, I no, I didn't even notice. The, like literally that's what your client is doing when you turn in that sparkly video and it's just like, yo, you see how that did the stuff animate and then it go into, you You literally look like the dude that's been married for 40 years and his, and his wife come in and she, her hair is an inch shorter and she doing all this flipping in front of you and you're like, what, what is wrong with you? You didn't notice my hair? No, I cut it. By what? What'd you cut on it? It's a, I got the ends clipped. And you're like, okay, back to the game. Literally, that's what you're doing. And and the wife then went out and spent $500 to get in with this one stylist that's across town that is the, the end clipping specialist. Her girls notice it, but you you don't. You're like, yeah, okay. Literally, when you turn in, and I'm not saying, listen, there are times where you want to under-promise and over-deliver, but you got to know where the value is. And that's why one of my favorite books ever is called uh, The Five Love Languages, right? And it teaches you that people see love differently than you, right? You may be all about hugs and kisses, and they may be all about gifts. And you like, and you may be hugging and kissing on them, and they're like, I, I don't feel loved. You know what I'm saying? But you have to read the book to understand that gifts don't even mean lavish stuff. Gifts mean, hey, I, I got a water. I brought you one. Wow, this guy really loves me. So it's important to understand when you talk to your client, how do they perceive value? Like what's valuable to them? 
because you spending the extra six hours away from your friends, your family, hanging out, whatever you want to do, turning up, you spending the extra six hours to make a logo spin and drop it like it's hot to the client may be like, what did I just watch? You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't care. However, if you got a female client and you make her look a little slimmer, you work on her skin a little bit, that may blow her mind. For some reason, and that's why, look, think about it. <laughs> All the girls I know love Samsung phones, right? Why? Because Samsung phones automatically add a filter to your selfies to make you look extra cute. Clean up your skin. They don't know why, but they love Samsung phones because everybody looks good on a Samsung phone. There's a reason that that's where the value is. You know what I'm saying? That's why they love Snapchat and women, people who like filters, they love certain apps because it makes them look better. And that's what's important to them. So you, you understanding where, understanding how my client perceives value allows me to load it with value so that whatever price I say is valuable to them. In fact, they feel like it's a steal. If you can make a client feel like they stealing from you and they paying 10 grand, you're doing something. You're doing something. So that's why it's important. But see, I would have never known that had I jumped into different niches, right? My niche is corporate events, right? I know that taking pictures and then sending them to my phone and sending them to a client at the event blows their mind. I don't care if I turn in 50 crappy images. They're still telling their friends like, yo, I saw him taking pictures and they came to my phone. I don't know how he did it, but no other company has done that for us. We're going with them for every event because we got pictures that were live. They went up on the big screen live and that's amazing. Little stuff like that. But it, it takes you learning how to communicate with the client, working in that niche and understanding what's valuable to them. Just like something maybe like, I'm sure somebody, one of you guys like jewelry, right? You probably got a chain. You probably like, this is dirt. This is 14 karat, such and such gold, you know, from the mountains of whatever. I could care less about jewelry. I'm a car guy. I can wear a Walmart shirt and get out of a hundred thousand dollar car and care less about certain stuff. I got friends that are just Gucci, everything. And they ride in a car that got three different tires on it. They just, they in a Flintstone car and they get out and they just clean. I'm just the opposite. Like I can wear a jogging suit and have me a whip. That's like, what is that, sir? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just me. I like technology. I don't, I, I can't spend that money for a Rolex. I can buy an Apple watch. It solves a lot of problems for me. A Rolex just tells you I got money. I don't need that. That's, that is not valuable for me, but I have friends who would die without a watch collection. This is this watch is handmade from the shores of only women and children touch the inner parts of this watch. It like what? It pre-ticks before it talks and then it re-ticks again. Like what? I don't care, bro. Like you know what I'm saying? The strap is made from genuine rabbit horse fur that are only they only roam Egypt free they're free animals you have to catch then skin while they are sleeping to make the watch you're like what that don't mean nothing to me my apple watch is what wakes me up it tells me how, how, how well i slept <laughs> see tim let me see your watch tim. tim put your watch up his watch tell you the time zone the temperature it tell you it changed colors it got the mood 
that's that's what's up. See, I can't. I'm I it, I'm just not. I'm the opposite. An Apple Watch. I'm like it got a calendar on it. I need that. So I'm. That's just where I. You know what I'm saying. But different people have. And there's nothing wrong with somebody valuing something different than yours. The smart thing is to have the ability to understand what it is, right? When you get old, older and you, you, you married, you know, right? You love your wife to the point where it's not about you. It's about how you make her feel, right? You're willing to do whatever you got to do, even if you don't like it, to make her feel a certain way. Because the way she feels makes you happy. It's important to you. When you grow your business, the way your client feel is important to you. So if I can understand what makes them feel that way, I can load it into my value proposition. I can give them so much value. And 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 whatever price I put out there, they will be happy to pay it. And that allows me to say it with confidence. You know what I'm saying? Go for it, Tim. Yeah, I mean, and I, I definitely agree with that. I don't know how many times like we've looked at a project or we've looked at something that was like, uh, I don't know about that. But the client's like, this is like the best thing. And I'm like, hey, if you're happy and the check cleared, <laughs> we're good. Like, you know, because at the end of the day, like really the only person that you need to impress is the client, right? Like, and I, I do think that the only time that to a degree where maybe you might add some of those extra things like right like they're like ah we don't care about animating our logo we don't care about that like one is if you know that you can do an extremely good job at doing it and you're going to impress them and two if they're a client that actually matters like right like if sony hired us i want to make sure that we're going to add like extra things that they may not have whatever because they have way more brand recognition than like you know like joe's tacos down the street like no like I'm like, oh yeah, we did all this work for Joe's Tacos. Like, nobody knows who that is, right? Like, but like, if it's Samsung, Sony, like big companies, like, I want to make sure that we're going above and beyond in those situations, right? You gotta, you gotta judge that, right? Like, a $500 client, yeah, may care, but how is that going to like impact your brand as well, right? right. Because the clients you work with, the, the, and what they say, that kind of stuff makes a difference, right? Like. You know, I, that that's the the big thing, and that that's where I think that sometimes doing those extra added values, doing those things, make a difference. But that's whenever you're playing with like big companies, like big contenders, in that, where like like I said, if it, it's you know a local company that nobody really knows that much about, you know, uh, granted, local celebrity status can make a difference. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is like I said, if it's, you know, Joe Smo down the street, like who cares if they got an animated logo? Like even if they're excited, even though whatever, like that's not as impactful um, to the other clients that we're trying to attract that kind of stuff as well. I always, and I, and just to make it, cause fellas, we, we can, there's an analogy that I'm going to use that you, you'll get it. Like, you'll be like, oh, okay. Big clients is the girl in school you really like. Like you'll do anything. She'll be like, I I like to jog down alleys at 3 a.m. You like, what? Me too. Like I like to go chase stray cats and rescue them and me too. I like to pose with butter. You're like, what? So you go above and beyond for the big clients, right? It's the clients that the, it's the girl that you ain't really crazy about. 
And she like, yeah, she like, I, you know, I, I really enjoy the, the yellow Skittles out of the pack. I eat all of them. Like, what are you tripping? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like a Skittle's a Skittle. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it, you, 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 that's just, you know, you get clients that you're like, you know, I've worked with Google before. I was going, you think they logo didn't spin and sparkle when they got it back? That mug dropped it like it's hot, picked it back up and torqued it again. That mug was was doing everything it was <laughs> when i gave them their project back i'm like that was because that was the girl you really like like i was there i delivered they junk on like a gold dvd i hand delivered like it was everything you know what i'm saying but it, it just it you know over time as your business grow you're going to go through that motion um and you have to be you have to have the you have to have had a bad girlfriend to know when you got a good one so it's just life. Business is like that. You have to have been scared and you have to have spit out a price that was way lower than you should have charged to 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 be happy when you get in front of a client and you say a price and that price is what what you what you're worth. When you get to the point in this business where you start to get what you're worth, everything you've done to get there will pay off. When you when you get there and you're just It'll be $15,420. Would you like to take care of that today? When you get to that point where you're like, if they take it, they take it. They don't. I'm not. I'm not about to negotiate with you. Like you can take some out, but I, I mean, you know what I'm saying? You get to a point where you're comfortable and you know your worth and you're consistently getting your worth. Everything you've been through will pay off. It, it, it'll be worth it. I'll say it like that. Um, with that being said, because we had three hours and 33 minutes, this is probably the longest live ever. Really quickly, a few things I want to say for all the people that are still watching. Really quickly. Gold members, this is what we do every Thursday. They're always like this. Um, also, I want to say what's up to Austin because uh, I haven't heard his voice. So I'm going to give Austin 20 seconds to say anything. Go ahead. What's going on, guys? Uh, thank you guys so much. I'm not even going to plug anything. I just want to say thanks for uh, – <laughs> Uh, you know, keeping me company while I do some late night work and appreciate it <laughs> always. <laughs> Austin, what's your, uh, what's, what, you want to tell me your website? I think it's dope. It's up to uh, you. Yeah, it's uh, stingraycreations.com. Check that out. And make yeah, sure you get so. time, change your name to stingraycreations.com on there so they can they can see it pop out. Um, another thing I want to say real quick, if you have the contract pack, you know we just updated it. So I know a lot of people watching already got it. It's a free download. Just go re-download it. Two easy payments of free 99. I just want to say that. Um, another thing, I want to thank everybody and their mama who decided to stick with us for three hours. All 64 of y'all. Half of them probably my cousins and them. Um, you know, I, I just want to say I th- thank you. Um, we do this every week, and it is therapeutic for everybody involved. Um, I also want to say, Michael, keep your head up, grind. You can do it, bro. We believe in you. We know you can do it. You are, I appreciate it. You are, I appreciate it. You're a beast at what you do, boy. You a beast, boy. In my hood, that's how they say. That's how they give you props. Boy, you a beast, boy. So if I see you in the street, I'm just gonna be like, boy, you a beast out there, boy. Look, Brian on time about <laughs> So keep doing it, man. Hey, I watch. They call it boy instead of boy. Yeah. You, do, you know what it You're is. on a new level at that point. Yes, you've been. That's like ranking the hood, boy. When the old folks come out and they be like, boy, I see you, boy. Like they see Tim, Tim, boy, I love that suit, boy, I see you out there in that suit, boy. Like you just like, oh, that's what I'm talking about. Like, that's all you can do. <laughs> so, that's real love. Right there. That's real love. <laughs> uh, much love, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, I, I, I'll just end it with this. Thank y'all. 
and I look forward to more of this. That's what I need. I need this. So, well, well you got it, bro. You got it all day, every day. We just want to see you win, bro. This is about winners, all winners in this mug, and don't. It ain't gonna happen overnight. Chip at it. Chip at it. It's just like breaking out of prison with a spoon. One day you're gonna be free. You just gotta chip at it, bro. I didn't. It didn't happen. Like I don't. I, I never want to sell the idea that I walked into where I am. It was rough. You know what I'm saying? I lost people, relationships, friends, um, tangible items, physical items, cars, everything. But I knew where I was going and I got it back triple. So keep on, keep on doing it. Invest in this. Keep reading. Read another book. Don't worry about gear. Don't worry about read another book. And and you will get there. I promise you that. Because it wasn't until I started reading. Until I started working on it. I had all the gear in the world. I was working for Fridays. I was buying whatever. I had all the gear in the world. Track dollies, cranes, everything. Wasn't doing nothing for me. The minute I picked up a book, that's when stuff changed. So that's the most important thing that you can do to help get to where you want to go. All right. With that being said, I'm a wrap. Um, and I'll see y'all Tuesday for sure. You've been listening to Content and Cash, a Flash Film Academy podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and go to our webpage at www.flashfilmacademy.com.